What's happening, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the worst mistake that NASA ever made. <laughs> this is Armageddon on Action Movie Anatomy. We'll see you guys in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Oh, oh. it's exciting. Don't worry, Oh, you're singing the wrong song. Oh, I love this. Damn it. <laughs> this is the th- this is the song. Damn it! Uh, I'm already, I'm like all inspired now. Yeah, this yeah. is when you know great things are about to yeah, happen. That's right. I sometimes want to walk into a room and just have this playing behind me. Like in the world, I think the most yeah. successful people in the world probably have this playing in their head at all times. Always. They're this like is... making their coffee in the morning. This is playing. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna solve cancer today. <laughs> I'm gonna go egg whites this morning. <laughs> <Egg> whites. <laughs> They're like, all right, well, I gotta get. I only have limited time to get in the shower before I get to work, and then the music changes like dun 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, welcome oh. to the show. This is uh, Action Movie Anatomy. This is the Armageddon episode of Action Movie Anatomy. We have a very special guest, and I am your host, Ben Bateman, joined today by the co-creator, co-producer, and co-host of the show, Mr. Andrew Guy. Yeah. Oh, that was great. That was the best intro I think I've ever gotten. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, everybody? I'm so excited to be here. I've seen Armageddon for the first time in. 15 years what? yesterday. I know. John's going to kill oh me. Oh my gosh. And, uh, Ben, should we, should we introduce our guest? Yeah. What, uh, this is this is someone who came on the show for The Fifth Element and literally mm-hmm. said on the show, Armageddon's the greatest American action movie ever made. We were like, well, I guess there's no way we're not having you back when we do <laughs> yeah, the movie. There's so. no way we can't do it. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, Mr. John Roca. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. I, I couldn't be more excited yeah. to finally have one podcast where I can talk or show rather where I can talk about this movie extensively I've been waiting since I started in this business almost two years ago to be able to talk about this movie extensively <laughs> yeah. on some show and I always slide it in when I can but I'm super excited about what we're going to do today well, super excited we're super excited because what we love more than anything is people that are so excited to talk about a specific film or specific topic yeah and you're the perfect guy for it <laughs> thank you I think the whole idea is that like if when you find someone who loves one movie that much it's like that's the whole reason we do the show because yeah. something actually really interesting happened to me the other day and guys we are going to get into the movie I promise let's be very brief but <laughs> um, you know I nerd out about the certain movies that I really nerd out about and for instance there's a Nick Cage movie called The Weatherman which is yeah. like one of oh, my yeah. favorite great movies film. Yep. Yeah, criminally underrated yep. he's mm-hmm. great in it and I, I like watched it and I was like man I just I want to talk to someone about this movie but I've, I've ranted to Andrew so about he it he just keeps yeah. calling me and we, <laughs> I, love, I love that movie as well yeah but I was like, I wonder if there's like a podcast about that movie. So mm-hmm. I look it up, and there's one episode of a show called Cage Club. Okay, uh-huh. it's a new podcast I just found. Uh, it's these two guys. They do only Nick Cage movies. They've done oh, every single one. Nice. It's an hour long. It's a pretty good show. I was yeah. impressed, and I listened to this full hour on the Weatherman, and I was like, there's a fucking hour on the internet <laughs> about the Weatherman. I was like, and that's to me. I was so excited to find mm-hmm. it. So you just know that like you love this movie more than anything. Someone's gonna find this episode and oh, they're gonna yeah. be like, uh, damn right, the and, biggest fan of this movie. And and uh, I welcome you to this episode if you found this episode because we are gonna have a good time talking about this. Hell movie. yes, and we are. Family Man is another great one uh, from yes. from Nick Cage. Uh-huh. Also, really him and uh, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. love that yeah. movie. The the post uh, Leaving Las Vegas run mm-hmm. he has that the decade is really good. Yep. Really good. It's yeah. so weird and scary. Scattered as well, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. But it's it's fantastic. It's a really good ten years. I wonder if he'll get recast in Armageddon later on. I don't I don't know. Know. <laughs> Maybe he will. 
Guys, uh, if you want to follow along with the conversation, please uh, catch us on Twitter. You can find the, the Twitter, our Twitter. I just, okay. The Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> the Twitter. For you the can show. find Twitter on the internet <laughs> if you Google it. Uh, at AMA Podcast is where you will find the Action Movie Anatomy Twitter. You can find mine personally at Ben Bateman Media, Twitter and Instagram. Andrew, where can the folks find you? Uh, you guys can find me at Andrew Guy on Instagram and Twitter. And actually... I got a new show coming out this Friday for the Popcorn Talk Network. Oh, cool. It's nice. going live. It's an un... Well, I don't want to talk about it too much, but it's unproduced scripts that yeah. we're doing table reads for. Our first show is this sweet Friday at 10.30 Pacific. You guys should tune in, check it out. It'll be a lot of fun. Anyway, that was my plug. And you're doing the whole thing in Nick Cage voice, right? doing the whole thing in Nick Cage voice. <laughs> I love that, Roka. Where can the folks find you? I'm I'm tweeting right now for people to come watch us live because I I I'm going <laughs> to talk about this movie like crazy and people there are numerous <laughs> numerous friends of mine on Twitter and in real life yeah. who are massive fans of this film. Oh, yeah. Whenever I post it on Facebook, by the way, you can follow me at the Roka says R O C H A on Twitter and Instagram. Whenever I post about it, yeah, get massive tweets and my friends on Facebook will comment and we'll just go through lines. Yeah, like right. 30, 30 comment threads. Yeah. just going through lines because we because those of us who love this movie, fuck love this movie. Yeah. Well, that's the oh, thing so. is when you post a movie and you talk about how much you love a movie online, you know the people that are really on board when they just write a line back yes. in response. Yeah, right. Yes! yes. Yeah, totally. You're down. Yeah, like I posted about Forgetting Sarah Marshall last night and people were like yeah. tweeting lines. Yeah, it was I great. Yeah. So good. So guys, this is Action Movie Anatomy. We talk about action movies here. Those action movies usually adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Now, this is definitely an action movie, but it's not the traditional model because the villain is an asteroid. So, uh, <laughs> meteor the size of Texas. Yeah, I mean, this is the classic. This is the classic dual hero thing we always yeah, have. Yeah, we, we talk about the classic dual hero thing, and then we also say that the villain can be aliens, monsters, yeah, whatever, you know, yeah. trains, A or train. meteors. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, so that I think the hero does play by their own rules because both sides of the hero do. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think you can say that those guys are definitely the heroes, and, and Affleck and Willis are yeah for sure. Yeah. Is that like a common thing in Bay movies to split his hero in half, like in The Rock, Bad Boys, mm. Bad Boys, like in Transformers? It's a good point. That could work in a Bayism. Yeah, we got, we got some Bayisms coming up, guys. <laughs> got a new one. So uh, rule number two: the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room. I mean, they can't outsmart the asteroid, right? So uh, I guess yeah, they are. I mean, Willis is definitely yeah. definitely a hundred percent the smartest guy in the room. He right. knows. Everything, yeah. Uh, third generation driller, you know, absolutely best uh, in the world. The yeah. one thing he doesn't, he the one thing he doesn't know how to do is fail. That's right. the one thing. He That's doesn't right. Know. Or or parent his daughter correctly <laughs> until right. later. In the film. That's right. um, rule number three: the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. This one's way off because well, they're drillers. Well. But well, the, they are yeah. political. I mean, they're hired yeah. by NASA. They're hired by NASA. They're yeah. working for the government. It works. They're astronauts. Because we do say you can either be the man or work for the man. True. And they're working for the man. As okay. in, if you were an MTA operator in the taking of Pelham 123. Um, so we're going to half gallon of milk today. <laughs> rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. I mean, yeah, this is a Michael yeah. Bay movie. Are you kidding? There's like an explosion before the credits even start. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> there is. Of course. It's like, I mean, just like, just cutting between things. It's just like things blowing up without sound. Yeah. I always love in any Michael Bay film on the trivia on IMDb, there's always a cut timer for the average cut yeah. in the movie. One and a half seconds. Yeah. 1.5 seconds. They're like, Michael, can't we use some of the montage explosions from a previous film of yours? No one's going to notice. No, we have to blow some no, shit up. Blow some no. new shit yeah. up. Yeah. Do you know who I am? No, <laughs> we're not doing that. So, uh, guys, if you want to follow along, obviously, this is the Popcorn Talk Network. Uh, at the Popcorn Talk, we have a ton of cool shows here. And uh, let's get straight into it. So we're going to start out by watching the trailer yes. to the film yes. Armageddon. 1998 trailer. They're just starting to get good. Yeah. Eddie Griffin? Of course. Yes. Remember when he had a chance? Yeah. yeah. Double take. 
music already. Yeah. Super, already super Michael. racist take on black characters. That's, that's amazing. That is one that that's is. Amazing. That's amazing. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talking loudly. What yeah. hit us? Small asteroid fragments this morning. How big were those? Love yeah, that guy. Sweet. Those were nothing. The size of basketballs and Volkswagens. This new one you're tracking. How big? It's the size of Texas, Mr. President. Let me reduce this to the simplest possible <laughs> version for you. Global killer. The a global killer. Such a good line. Incinerated yeah. by the heat blast. The rest will freeze to death in nuclear winter. Basically, the worst parts of the Bible. Yes. It's a good line. It's biblical. Him rock on the outside will do the job. So we nuke this thing from the yeah, inside. Yeah, the jets flying overhead uh, is just classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's this other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah. Okay. Off, off camera, yeah. Just yeah. to save the world. We're talking about space, right? Outer space? This is like deep blue hero stuff. I'm there. I'm with you. Beat me up, Scotty. Music. It's just a bunch of actors playing themselves in this movie. That's yeah. the other funny <laughs> thing, right? Oh, Wilson is just Owen Wilson. Yeah. This terrible battle is being called into service. See these events through with the courage worthy of this challenge. I wish this guy played Truman right, as well. I'm not yeah. sure if it, he does or not. Booster, go flight, GMC, go flight. Hey Harry, you know we're sitting on four million pounds of fuel, one nuclear weapon, <laughs> and a thing that has two hundred thousand moving parts built by the lowest bidder. Makes you feel good, doesn't it? Oh, uh. Okay, gentlemen. Male dominant domestication seeming funny. (laughs) Guy just screaming at his wife, just totally abusive. (laughs) Bring me the book! Bring me the goddamn book! It's always like that. (laughs) What movie was it that we did a couple weeks ago where that happened? It was like really uncomfortable. A guy screaming at his wife from the beginning of the movie. Oh, this is the last couple weeks. Uh, Touchstone Pictures presents. Oh, it was in Men in Black. It was the way oh, yeah, Edgar yeah, was yeah. talking to his wife. That's right. Liv Tyler, Ben Affleck. Oh, that guy is great. And Will Patton. Yeah, yeah. Different one than the one I was thinking. But. Oh, this is so yes. You don't have to worry about me and my team. We'll get the job done. Take care of my little girl. That's your job now. That's your job. Ah, I'd be honored. She turned down this role twice. Wow, she took it. Really? Yeah. She's twenty when she was twenty. Exactly. How can you be a twenty-year-old turning down this movie when you got that Steven Tyler money? That's right. It ain't no rush to book of things. It's crazy. You know, it's corny as shit at times, but this movie still made me tear up twice. I got to be honest. God damn right it does. Yeah. It's. I mean, like we said this, and this isn't my thesis, but I think this is a good segue into the next. Actually, we're going to do something else before that, but, you know, it's my first time doing this show. Uh, This movie epitomizes the 90s. Like, it's so 90s in every relationship, the music, the explosions, Mm -hmm. the graphics, like, everything. And I think that alone, like, brings a tear to your eye. Mommy, that salesman's on TV. You're like, oh, God. (laughs) It's not a salesman. It's not a salesman. That's your daddy. That's your daddy. Yeah, I just did Lethal Weapon for the Cinephiles this morning, yeah. which is an episode coming out, and that is a quintessential 80s action yeah. movie. Oh, this yeah. is a quintessential 90s action movie. Not, not an action, but necessarily the 90s movie. You we, know what I'm saying? Definitely a 90s movie. Yeah. When yeah. we did Lethal Weapon on our show, we, oh, yeah. we actually found, in a lot of ways, the movie had aged pretty poorly. We thought that there was like really good comedy, uh-huh. obviously, and all the things that you remember about the relationship were there, but right. most of the action was pretty bad. The fight scene it was at the time was great, yeah. but it's been almost right. 30 years, yeah, exactly. so it's hard for it to stand up. And I found the most entertaining part of the entire movie was the whiteness of Gary Busey's, Gary Busey's parachute <laughs> pants and teeth. When he, when he gets out of the car and he's like, Officer Murtaugh, Officer Murtaugh don't be foolish! Look at the hardware! It's like so toothy. This is the best. I don't think so! Yeah. yeah. 
You're grounded. Riggs is gone. <laughs> Did that movie stand up for you? Yeah. It's well, because bad, I, right? you, 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 kids, you guys are kids. Like, yeah, I sure. saw it when I was 15, 16 years old. And yeah. I saw it to me, or 17, rather, to me, it still holds up because I have memories of it. Like yeah, it's right. attached to, to teenager memories, and it's fantastic. And that's but the sax solo is so funny now. Yeah, right. because <laughs> when I watched it when I was younger, you're like, oh, it's funny to hear that sax. But as you get older, you're like, I know what that sax solo means because I've felt it in my body at yes. times. You know, you feel yeah. like you can almost hear that off camera when you're doing something, and you're like, oh god, oh, yeah, that's great. So, all right, guys, we're gonna move to the next part of the show, and this is a direct reaction to such a sweet trailer and the fact that it is so '90s. Uh, this is something we we don't do as often as we used to. It's called action movie tagline. So, uh, when we were kids, we would go to the, the video store. You know, when there actually were video stores, and the VHS tapes would all be lined up there, and they would have you know these little taglines on the back of the box. The classic ones were like a slam bang action thriller, or a nonstop a, adrenaline th- thrill ride, yeah, something <laughs> like that. Uh, you know, sometimes they're a little longer. Sometimes they take some liberties and, and kind of run on. So we're all gonna just kind of share one. Here, I kind of have a tag paragraph. Got a nice. Little, <laughs> you got three pieces of paper there for your tag. <laughs> I wrote a, I wrote a book. Um, Who's going first? Who wants to go first on this uh, one? Go ahead, Andrew. All right, I'll go first here. <clears throat> I always go, like, semi-serious. Yeah. Oh. There you go. I wear suspenders. What can I say? I wear suspenders, <laughs> you know. <laughs> got a law degree. This is serious <laughs> shit. All right. <clears throat> it happened before. It can happen again. What would you do if the universe you know turned its back on you? How do you stop the unstoppable? Ben Affleck, Bruce Willis, you won't want to close your eyes. You won't want to miss a thing. Nice. Oh. Armageddon. That's good. Yeah. It's really good. Thank you, guys. You have a really good head start. I like uh, that. Roka, I think yours is going to be better because, A, no. you work professionally in voiceover. <laughs> stop it. And also, <laughs> you guys both did something cohesive while mine. I probably scribbled this so messily, I'll probably like stumble through my paragraph. <laughs> but I'm going to try anyway. Okay. I mean, you really sold us on it. Yeah. yeah. Here you go. Ready? <laughs> you built it up. So, All right. Here's the fucking situation. <laughs> Michael Bay has an unsolvable <laughs> situation with no outcome with a statistically high chance of success. In layman terms, it's really fucking bad. From the producers of Dangerous Minds and the director of The Rock, someone thought training drill men to be astronauts was a better idea than astronauts to be drill men. It's the Bible, and Michael Bay calls this day... Armageddon. Nice. Oh, uh, that was nice. pretty good. Yeah. You, know, you lost nice. me for a little bit, but then you tied it all together, and I loved it. It's the Bible in Michael Bay calls this day Armageddon. I was proud of that line. Kaboom. <laughs> Boom. Bay right, 316 now, says. Yeah. Now the pro. With Bring us back around. Right. Right. Yeah. We'll, see if, we'll see if mine even remotely holds up. When the world is about to end, and you've lost all hope, you'll find your saviors in the unlikeliest places, and they'll usually be Americans. Armageddon, Bruce Willis, Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler, and Billy Bob Thornton. Trust me, you don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, oh, you guys are great. You both used the song. So yeah. good. I had to. That was just perfect. You've well, got a great voice. I was just going to say, it's so funny that you and I do this every week, and then he comes on and does it. And I'm like, that's really what it's supposed you to sound like. You could just read the phone book. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would listen to that shit. Tell my agent. All yeah. right. <laughs> that's great, man. Thank you, man. That's fan fucking tastic. That was great. Yeah. So that was tagline. Uh, that's what we what oh, we, we like go. to start with. Uh, you brought some people to the chat. It nice. Appears. Yeah. Good. People are alive, and I'll, I'll try to catch it up yeah. here. I told cool. you, man. Awesome. People this love exciting. this movie. Oh, they love it. I think for for Andrew, this episode was probably Gladiator. 
Uh, that oh, was, right. Yeah. That, is that like your favorite that was film? My one. Yeah. Oh yeah, Gladiator. That was great. your favorite movie of all time. I mean that and Warrior, obviously, but that was a special oh, Warrior because we, we had the director and the writer in here with us. Really, Gavin yeah. O'Connor? Yeah, nice. he's a friend of ours. So that was amazing. That's but, awesome, dude. Um, I think that one was was different, but for you it was Gladiator. Mm-hmm. For me it was Point Break. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and I think those are probably and then The Rock because it's like a collectively our favorite action yeah. movie. Um, but I, those are kind of the same for us. So, so we totally relate Rokas, to you. Yeah. It's just every minute, every. I love when you said, and they'll probably be Americans because I love when they <laughs> when they turn. They're like these four astronauts. You're like three white people and a super tan blonde chick <laughs> with big tits. <laughs> awesome. This is Michael Bay. <laughs> right. Like oh, oh, we'll throw in Michael Clark Duncan, a gigantic yeah. black person yeah. to offset the yeah. white, which doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's just unbelievable. So yeah. that was tagline, guys. We're gonna move on to the next part of the show, and this is something we like to call thesis statement. So. Uh, what we do is we come up with your big, your sort of water cooler moment you would share at a party. Like, you're at a party and someone's like, blah, blah, Armageddon. You're like, whoa, who said Armageddon? That's my favorite movie ever. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, that movie's pretty good. You're like, well, let me tell you about that movie. And then you just lead the conversation because right. it's your favorite thing. Mm-hmm. That's what, you know, thesis statement is. It's uh, your bold thought, kind of rooted in hyperbole almost. So yeah. we like to share those. I'm going to I'm gonna jump in first on this one if you guys don't mind. No, yeah, of sure, course. Um, what I'm going to say is Michael Bay's 1995 to 1998 run is the most representative three-movie run by any director of 90s action films, with Armageddon as the crown jewel film representing mm. the entire genre. So nice. do you have... So the other people that are in that conversation would be like the Bruckheimers well, and... Mm. Yeah, I mean, so Bruckheimer produced, obviously, the movies right. that all these guys did. I mean, so excuse me, the Scott? Tony so, Scott, because yeah. he did Crimson Tide in 95 yeah. and Crimson Enemy of the State in 98. So you could say, but I don't think Enemy of the State's on the same level as these movies. Mm-hmm. You could say Cameron because Terminator 2 and True Lies. But again, those don't feel like 90s action movies. True Lies does more than... True Lies does, yeah. But yeah. T2 just feels timeless. It feels yeah. like it could have been made in 86. Sure, sure. Um, and so, to me, the three movies that Bay makes... Bad Boys 95, The Rock 96, and Armageddon in 98. It's like each movie, he took something that worked and then magnified it. And by the time he got to Armageddon, it's like the biggest budget, so many explosions, all the cliches, just everything he could throw in. Like this movie, even though it's not a traditional action movie. It's like a culmination of everything he'd done up to that point. Like The Rock is much more of an action movie. You know, there's guns for a reason as opposed to just like guns on a driller just to have them. Right. Which I didn't even understand. (laughs) Um, But but like, uh, I think like this movie just represents the tone of 90s. Like, and Michael Bay is the premier director. And I think this movie is almost just like, it's like the crown jewel of that whole theory that he is the guy. The movies that came in the next decade looked like his movies for a reason. Yeah. All the Bayisms, everything. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty strong thesis. I, I think that the only people that were even in the conversation you, you discussed, mm-hmm. and there is no one that feels quite as 90s as Michael Bay in action, I yeah. don't think. Yeah, I mean, you can like you can go down the list of all the like really famous '90s movies, but most of the guys you're talking about, they don't, you know, like Emmerich or something like that, yeah. where he makes mm-hmm. you know Independence Day. He, Stargate's not really the same kind of right, movie, and he didn't right. make another one, so it's like Bay just as much shit as that guy gets, as yeah. much crap as he takes as a director. You can't give me many directors that have as much of a stamp on the movie industry as he's made. And I, and I want to say something to these people who give him crap. You're lying to everyone else around you because you know you like one of his films and you love oh, of course. one of his films. Yep. Yeah. So you can criticize him all you want, but you you're one of that you're that person that's like, oh, I hate Miley Cyrus, and then you have a you have Miley Cyrus on your cardio mix. <laughs> yeah, right. You're that jerk off. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's true because everybody I've known, no matter what level of film expertise, cinephile, whatever they are, they always there's always one Michael Bay film that they absolutely love, and there's a reason for that because the man knows how to touch into your primal urges. He, mm-hmm. I think what. 
what's his quote that he said? I make movies for teenage boys. That's right. Is that such a problem? <laughs> right. Something like that. Well, the thing is, guess who's going, guess who's all, going to the theater? Yeah. yeah. Is, we are all teenage boys, just in mm. older versions of our body. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's really all it is. So that's why watching these movies is such a fun. It's such a great payoff. Yeah. That's why we talk about movies on mic for hours of the night. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what do you guys got for your thesis? Uh, I'll let you go. Robert. Okay. Uh, so mine's more hyperbole. So, yeah. but it's what I've said to people numerous times. It's the greatest American movie made in the last forty years. It's a rock hard American wow. penis <laughs> bursting out of a pair of American flag speedos with an American flag sticking out of the tip of its penis. That's what I would describe that movie. So wow. we're talking seventy seven, nineteen seventy seven yeah. on. Yeah. Every movie we've ever covered on the show. Every movie we've yeah. ever covered on yeah. the show. Every movie that's come out in my lifetime. No, no, no. What I want to say: greatest American movie. So right. that means I mean, it's I about give, America. I can give you like two percent of the movies I've watched in my life that aren't American. Like, yeah, well, I, I mean that this is America. It's about this America. Is like an American. This is America. Movie. Point Break ain't about America. Yeah, no. it's like movie. State ain't about America. Gladiator oh, sure as fuck ain't about America. Right. Okay, I see what Arm, you're saying. Armageddon's about America. So it's not American made. No, other ones that super stand out. Like what are those? Like Independence Day. Sure, that was a big. Oh, I see what you're saying. Patriotic, almost. Uh, yes, what you're that's what I'm saying. That's what this, this yeah. movie's so patriotic. Yeah, it's super patriotic. It's yeah. super patriotic. You get a bunch of oil drillers. Let's not get people from any other country. Let's get yeah. a bunch of oil drillers. From a, from a bunch of roughnecks. It's about saving the fucking world. That's right. American yeah. roughnecks to save right. the world. That's yeah. why I say it's a rock hard American penis bursting out of a pair of American flag speedos with an American flag sticking out. If of If anybody tip. wants to make that T-shirt and sell it online, <laughs> I'll buy one. I will, I will buy one. Uh, I want to go through that list real quick. So we got ID. We got Independence Day. Yeah, there's Top Gun. That's got to be another one that people talk about as one of the greatest. It's pretty American, American movies. It is. Yeah, that's on the list. That's on the list. What I, else we got? Uh, I mean, ones that are super, super, super famous. Super American. Uh, I mean, mm. like other. It's, that's like offhand. That's hard for me to just come up yeah. with a list. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. I guess. I mean, I don't know if I completely agree, but it's definitely in the conversation. It's got to be. Top yeah. three, at, at least. least. top three, <laughs> yes. Yeah. We named three. We named three. <laughs> it's in those three. <laughs> but that's right. I went I went more of the hyperbole. Right? I like so, it. Yeah, I so totally did. And we were actually hoping that that was going to be your <laughs> thesis because it's so good. It's yeah. so great. Yeah. And the best thing is that if you were doing that at a party and you just had a little bit to drink in you, yeah. oh, oh, man, it's the best movie ever made. Yeah. I yeah. appreciate Andrew thinking I haven't done that at a party yeah. without having <laughs> too much to drink. Because I have. <laughs> All right. Uh, so mine is interesting, and, and and I don't know how much you're going to like this, Rosa, but just bear with well, me. Please. The best thing to ever happen to Armageddon was Titanic. Okay. Let's let that sit in for a minute. Why? Why? <laughs> now, Andrew, why would you say that? <laughs> so. Why? Originally. Yeah. <laughs> now, first of all, I think that Armageddon is a romance uh Masquerading as an action movie, absolutely, which is, which is what ties directly into my thesis. I think that that's the strongest part of the film. Mm-hmm. In the original copy of the script, there was no relationship between Affleck and Tyler oh. at all. It focused all the time that they spent on their relationship was yeah. spent on Billy Bob's backstory. That was the original script. Huh. Wow. After Titanic came out, they realized how much money it made and how many teenagers were going to watch this movie, especially girls that came yeah. out to see Titanic, and they wanted to bring them into Armageddon, so they yeah. wrote this love story. So they added the fourth and fifth writers to the movie. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They added the fourth and fifth writers to the movie to do rewrites, and then this movie made half a billion dollars and is considered one of the most iconic movies of all time. Damn right. Yeah, definitely. The highest grossing film of 1998. Yeah. Massive. Absolutely. I mean, Why are people bashing it? Highest grossing film of 1998. Kiss my ass! And and just let you guys know, another movie that came out in 1998 that was also pretty American was Saving Private Ryan. Yeah? Yeah. was beaten out by about $100 million worldwide by this movie. So, that is my thesis. It's better than Saving Private Ryan. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so we uh because we we've, we've ripped a lot. We 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 are gonna save we are gonna save I love uh, that. <laughs> this pump moment. I think we're gonna come back to it because okay. just mentioning what you were just talking about here when the movie came out. Yeah. I think I want to get into career profiles. Sure. I want to get into Willis and Affleck because I think this is really interesting. Yeah. Um so talking about this movie making as much money as it did, it's got twelve people in it whose names I could like offhandedly recite while watching. Like yeah, twelve or thirteen. It's yeah. a huge '90s yeah. cast. Yeah, I mean beyond just the right big... before they became famous, right before they made super famous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. mean even even just like you have the main stars, right? You have the big three that are on the cover, but then you also have Billy Bob. You have Jason Isaacs, who was in the Patriot, I think, the same year. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got Keith David. Mm-hmm. You've got William Finchner. You've got Owen Wilson. You've yep. got Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. Yep. You've got Steve Buscemi. Yep. Um, who else are we forgetting? You've got the Russian guy who I can't... Oh, Peter Stormari. Yeah, Peter yeah. Stormari. Yeah. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, which, oh, by the way, I am reading the chat as much as I can. I'm not going to talk as much today mm. because we've got a guest, but numerous people have, have said that the Russian astronaut or Peter Stormari yeah. is the best part of this film, which yeah. I think is so cool. Yeah, so it's insane. It's like a dozen names you could throw out there, just if I forgot one, you know, forgive me, but um, <laughs> if you if you look at this, these two guys that headline the film, this mm. is the part that I found the craziest. So... Willis is well, his story is well told at this point, right? Yep. 95, he makes uh, the third Die Hard movie. He's on top of the world. He's in Pulp Fiction in 94. Mm-hmm. You know, he's one of the guys, the few movie stars in the 90s who could truly top line anything. He was that guy. Um, and you, you look at kind of the two movies that he made after Fifth Element before this came out, Mercury mm-hmm. Rising and The Jackal. And it's Ugh. kind of, it's a reminder to you a little Love bit of how, movies, really. <laughs> it's a reminder to you a little bit of how, like, he wasn't, you know, the kind of actor that like DiCaprio is now. Yeah. He, he was the everyman action hero mm-hmm. who just people really liked. Mm-hmm. But in the nineties, that was the guy to be. Yeah. There weren't yeah. many people like the DiCaprios of the world and like the Daniel mm-hmm. Day Lewis of the world. Yeah. There were these guys that to be on top of the world was like to be Nick Cage, to be Bruce Willis, just yeah. to be an action star. Big time. So Willis is the top line on this movie. Now you go to the other side and Affleck is it's crazy that Affleck's the other guy on the cover because Goodwill Hunting had come out the year before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and prior to Goodwill Hunting, Phantoms and Chasing Amy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Phantoms was the same year and Chasing Amy's 97. Prior to that, if you look, it's all like glory like dazed and confused yeah. school days, like yeah. he's he's you know, well, he's he got was like, still in school. Small part you know? in Mall Rats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's 25 when they make this movie mm-hmm. and it's unreal to see a guy so young. I told Andrew yesterday, my thesis might be that Ben Affleck in 1995 might be the most, ha- or 1998 might be the handsome guy of the 90s. He's <laughs> yeah. he so, really is. He's preposterously good looking. Yeah. Like, he looks like he should just have not been an actor, just been a model. He's so <laughs> yeah. pretty. It's ridiculous. And it's so crazy that he, I mean, it just goes to show the, the character behind Ben Affleck and how mm. talented he really is, is because, like, how many guys in the 90s did we see that were that guy? That, I mean, Josh Hartnett is one of the best examples. Yeah. Yeah. You look at the guy, he's not a very talented actor. He's a cool guy, yeah. and, and, and I like him, but Ben Affleck could have just become another one of him. Yeah. Instead, he's mm-hmm. come to where he is now, which is just amazing to me. He had to go through the dark ages and come back out on the yeah. other side. <laughs> really, I mean, who knows if Jennifer Lopez might have been the best thing that ever happened in his career. Yeah. Because if, if he wasn't mm. saturated in that, he might have just been busy making shit films. Yeah, yeah. You know? that's a good point. So it's crazy. Geely still happened. We yeah. Know. yeah, and Jersey Girl. It's crazy <laughs> to see that he's the second star in the highest grossing film of 1998 with yeah. basically no credits prior mm-hmm. to this movie. Um, he won an Oscar for writing and had a small part in Good Will Hunting. Yeah. I mean, relatively small part compared to Matt Damon. And this was like a turning point in Willis's career as well because like what you're talking about, he wasn't really 
like everyone loved Willis, but mm-hmm. he wasn't like respected as a, as a great actor. You know yeah, what I mean? Like true. I'm saying, is like an action star. Yeah. So he was working on a film when this movie was coming out, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but he wanted to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and like in order to do that, Disney was going to absorb the damage of that film flopping, and he would have to do three films for them essentially, and that wow. was Armageddon. Yep. Unbreakable, yep, and the Sixth Sense, okay, yeah. which are all great, which films. are all incredible films, yep. and that's like kind of the turn in his career, I think. Yeah. yeah, wow, yeah. I mean, I think you would probably say I mean, we don't have time for it today to play career defining role. Mm-hmm. I mean, McLean's his career defining role. Sixth Sense is his career defining movie at this point. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, and I think that kind of I don't even know if there's so much of a conversation, but I think that is crazy that you have Billy Bob who probably has as much screen time as Affleck in this movie, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but Affleck's yeah. the second star because yeah. he's the heartthrob, right? I can't believe that. I can't believe he was already such a star that they would bill him as the second guy in this. But isn't this Miramax, right? Isn't this Miramax? Uh, Touchstone. Arm- Touchstone? Yeah. Picture story. So they have their deals with Bruckheimer and what have you. So, But but Harvey at this point is a player. Yeah. And Harvey at this point is pushing his people into certain spots, into certain films, because when they come back and do his films, mm-hmm. there's more notoriety. So I think people, not, not a lot of people talk about Harvey's machinations in the 90s. Like He made a lot of moves to put his people into certain spots to get more worldwide fame. Ben stepped through. Ben was at the perfect time, perfect age, coming off Goodwill Hunting. He wasn't going to push Willis. And Willis probably accepted this because he was not going to be, like, overshadowed. And yeah, Willis right. is an A-list action star at this point. Yep. And he's like, if you're going to cast, great. Cast a kid that I can push around. And basically, yeah. it's what he does the whole film. Yeah. And Affleck takes it until that last moment, right? Right. And so you have that situation. And so to me, it's the logical casting to put him in here. And you give him a shot to show what he can, to show what he can do. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and he does succeed and he fails at the same time. There are some moments where you're like, but there are other yeah. great moments where he's like really spot on, you know. But you see the beginning of an a- of of, a, of an actor in this film. Yeah, that's so true, and I, and I guess that goes to show. I mean, like with what I was just talking about, and Ben took yep. it and ran with it. You know, like yeah. you look at Sam Worthington in, in the mid two thousands; he had the exact same opportunity, and he took it and ran with it. And yeah, yeah, know, where is he now? Yeah, exactly. Well, Billy yeah. Bob, same thing. Coming off a of Sling Blade, this yeah. same thing. Like he's he, they're moving yeah. him into mm-hmm. spots where he's going to get more notoriety. Yeah, and it, it, he was perfect in this part. He's perfect in this part, and he lost all that weight, and he was like a different person because he's not the same guy in Tombstone. That's no. a whole other person. Yeah, you know. But you, what we don't know, and we is stuff that goes on behind the scenes, conversations. People meet each other. People get to know each other. People yeah. read each other's stuff, and there's a feeling like I want to work with that guy. Yeah. So those are those things that happen at Hollywood parties that we don't we're not privy to. Yeah. And so when they show up in these movies you're like how does this happen? That's how it happened, you know, yeah. conversations between people. Totally. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Um before we move into the entire making of this movie and the production development writers and everything, let's let's cover fist pump moment before we move on because yes. we normally touch on it. And it's usually the favorite part of the show. So <laughs> so guys, fist pump moment is that moment you're watching the movie, something happens and you just kind of have that Fucking awesome! This is so sweet. I get to watch the rest of this movie right now. You want to call your buddy and get him on the phone? And be like, dude, you got turn it on to thirty-two minutes in. It's just, it's. I know you've seen it. You got to do it again for me right now. I don't care if uh, you're at your grandmother's funeral. Go, <laughs> go. And you know, it could be anything. It could be the voiceover at the beginning. It could be the title music. It could be a touching look between father and son. Uh, the yeah. credits. Anything at all. This movie's chock full of fist pump moments. Yeah. Uh, this movie, like we say about some of the best ones, it feels like one giant fist pump moment yes. in a lot of ways. Um, so Roka, this is your favorite movie oh, of all time. Yes. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, right below Citizen Kane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, my fist pump moment is the entire ending sequence on the Russian ga- space oh, station. Like right. when they're going to get gas and everything starts to fall apart because 
uh, Lev was terrible at telling him what to do with the stuff down there, and then everything starts to catch on fire, and just when that last piece of the space station falls off and starts going down to that connecting part, mm-hmm. I think so, and then they both both the shuttles fly out in an X pattern behind an exploding space station. Yeah. A, both of those shuttles would have been consumed and destroyed, <laughs> but B, it's just badass, yeah. especially as a Star Wars fan, a Star Trek fan, to see something like that yeah. coming, and when that moment happens every time, I'm like, fuck yes. Yes. <laughs> Fucking sweet! Yeah, I just got pumped here. Yeah. 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 Like I'm on board for the rest of the time now. I love it. I love it. It's great. Michael Bay does have that just amazing talent of like building to those crescendos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because everything happens so fast. Yeah, there's no bullshit. Everything happens so fast, and things are believably happening so fast. Mm-hmm. Because what is our knowledge of yeah. what a space station would be like? And, so, and then the cold and all that happens right at the. Light. It's just perfect timing. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we gotta go, go, go. So for me, my thesis statement for a lot of movies is that in order to have a great action movie, you have to have a great villain, and mm-hmm. that I think is part of why this isn't like my favorite movie of all time or like you know but I will say that the villain qualifier in this movie which is that moment when you sit there and you're like he's killed more people than the plague you know like things like that and I'm going to save the actual line because it's my favorite line as well but when Billy Bob is sitting there trying to explain to them the magnitude of this meteor and Mm. what it will do and I'll just say at the beginning he's like what kind of damage are we talking about here he's like damage yeah sir Total, sir. Uh, like a t- uh, total, yeah, sir. Total, sir. Like so, that was yeah. my fist pump. That whole speech that he gives. Oh yeah, and it's like you know all the talking heads. And yeah, with, right. you, you know, military regalia in a room. Yeah, which is so Michael Bay. So and, and that happens what like. 10-15 minutes in the movie oh yeah Dick, dickhead talking heads with medals in, in yeah. a, like a control room that's Absolutely. not only a staple of Bay it's just a staple of the 90s yeah, yeah that's yeah. true this is a huge problem and yeah. this is not fixable yeah. I can fix it like that type yeah. of thing so I was just so on board I hadn't seen the movie in 15 years I was yeah. like yes here we go and it's either always like Mr. President the phone for you or the President's on the line yeah, right. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> exactly it's one or the other you always see one side of the conversation <laughs> that's right it's like a red phone yeah always <laughs> a red phone it's always something Guy. Let's not forget, the president flew more missions under Michael Mann in Vietnam than any other soldier. He knows how to fight. Uh, Alright, so anyway. Uh, my fist bump moment, I'm going to go ahead and say, is it's got to be the president's speech. Because we talked about That's this a great ago, speech, man. and, and this will lead us into our next, our next bit uh, that we'll tease, but uh, it... <laughs> Each of the movies that he did in this in this run, Michael Bay, he has like the dramatic speech. Yeah. And if you actually look at the year that this came out, so The Rock came out the same year as Independence Day, mm-hmm. but then this came out two years later. So I have a feeling because there's the great speech in The Rock when he's like, "This is the hardest decision I've ever had to make." Yeah. How do you weigh the lives of 81 <laughs> people? And on the other side, that one. And then in this movie, the president's like, "I come to you today, not as the president." But as a citizen of, of humanity, humanity. That's right. yeah, exactly. Well, at the same time, you have cuts to like children running in slow motion, holding flags, like going sunsets, down to the bomb shelters, incredibly yeah. stereotypical like racial profiling of any culture that's not American. <laughs> yeah. People praying, Asian people not speaking like any English, yeah, like right. just like tons and tons and tons of things that are just not okay or PC. I like that it's translated in Inuit when you see them yeah. all they, <laughs> yeah. in their in their hut, you know, they're listening on the radio. I'm like, what? It's like, god damn it, it's man. so good. But my favorite thing is that his next. <laughs> 
movie he makes is fucking Pearl Harbor. And in Pearl oh. Harbor, he's like, we don't even have to write this speech. I it's written for a speech yeah. I'm going to give. December 7th, 1941. He's like, well, we can't use the same president a third time, so let's make it John Boyd. Yeah, because it was the yeah. same in the rock. Yeah. yeah. So good. So that's got to be my fist pump. It's just watching that speech. You're like, oh my yeah. God, shit's about to get really heavy. Yep, the president's yeah, it, coming to us for it, help. Yeah. It's so great because it's also super fucking inspirational. Like when mm-hmm. he's speaking in yeah. slow motion, like you said, but there's also the shot of them and the close ups of the, like them listening to the president's speech and how it's affecting them and yeah. going in slow motion and all of it is just so there. That man. is one of my favorite things in 90s movies. Yeah. yeah. Moving speeches from presidents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Morgan Freeman in, uh, in uh, Deep Impact. Oh, yeah. He does a great job He's with that fantastic. speech. Yeah. Uh, the, the red-headed stepchild of this conversation. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Unfortunately exactly. for that movie. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Let's continue to move into production development. Now, there's a lot to cover here because mm-hmm. there was so many big people involved. So I think we're going to just kind of bullet point these people. Yeah. And okay. I think the smartest thing to do here is... If something jumps out, you know, cut me off. But I think let's just kind of jump through it because there's five writers credited. And we've covered Gilroy and Abrams before. Yeah, Yeah. so the most important guy, the the two guys really, the writers that you probably haven't heard us talk as much about, Jonathan Hensley, who, Drew, if you want to take this, just because I know you have a very special place in your heart for Jonathan Hensley because he wrote The Punisher. All right, so (laughs) that was my moment. You just took it from me. Uh, all right, so you know Jonathan Henley started with a law career, and um, he ended up walking away from that and started writing episodes of The Young Indiana Jones in '92. Nice. Uh, between '95 and 2004, he worked as um, a prolific action adventure writer in Hollywood, and he wrote the two highest-grossing films, the number one and number two of '95 and '98, which was Armageddon and The Rock and Con Air in '90. Five, correct? Oh, uh, no, no. It was uh, number two. Die Hard 3 you're talking about he wrote in for 95. Oh, I was, I was like, that was... Okay. 98, yeah, he wrote Armageddon. So yeah, he had the two. The 95 and 98 highest grossing films were both written by him. Uh, and then he also wrote Jumanji, yeah, which is one of my... Ab- I actually watched that again yeah. the other day for the first time in a couple of years. It completely holds up. Yep. Um, and then he directed The Punisher, which I think might have <laughs> been a misstep for him. Because he's yeah. not a bad writer. Uh, and I love that film, so I'm, I'm definitely in the minority. But yeah. uh, after that, he wasn't really given a lot more work. Um, but he's married to Gail Ann Hurd, so he's doing oh, okay for himself. She's a great producer. She's right? one of the greatest yeah. producers of yep. all time. So, exactly. So, she's one of the producers, and just because we won't have to cover it when we get there, uh, Gail Ann Hurd, the real story on Gail is that she was married to James Cameron in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, she met James Cameron before he was James Cameron. Right. Uh, she worked on Aliens. She worked on Terminator, Terminator 2. She nowadays has actually transitioned very effectively. She did a ton of movies. This one included. She produces The Walking Dead and yes. Fear the Walking yeah, Dead. TV. Um, and so she's still massively famous. She, I interviewed her last year, oh, nice. um, just briefly, and uh, she was such a sweetheart and so much fun to talk to. And uh, just, I've heard all the stories I've heard is she's just even now. I mean, yeah. She's an older woman. She's tough as nails, and mm-hmm. she's just like so focused. So, well, it's like you figure someone that like has chosen their career to work on that quality of mm-hmm. film and TV. You're just like you've got to just be a badass, yeah. right? Yeah, like. Hands down, cold blooded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Especially stay in this, especially stay in this business as a woman. Yeah, oh my to God, be as successful absolutely. as she is, you got to have that fuck steel. Yeah, yeah. And we always talk about writers and directors because we do movies from the eighties, nineties, two thousands that just they don't go past a certain decade. Yeah. That yeah. was their moment to shine. Mm-hmm. I think also like when we've talked about this a lot before, but Cameron is just historically such a such a just rigid, stubborn, mm-hmm. opinionated 
uh, artist that I think if you're a woman who was able to marry that guy, yeah. Yeah. you're usually pretty strong. Yeah. Like I don't think you're. It's very possible to be a a like submissive weak woman and marry James Cameron. No, I, I mean, think that's look impossible. At the list of the women he's married. Yeah, yeah. Catherine yeah. fucking Hamilton Bigelow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, badasses, all of them. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, moving on from Jonathan Hensley, you got J.J. Abrams, who again we've talked a lot about J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the craziest thing about him, I mean, he came up as a writer, producer, composer, script doctor. He's one of the writers on this movie. Did rewrites mm-hmm. and. Uh, but it's the later half of his career he's turned into like if you look at the stuff of the last five years yeah. it's oh, infinite I mean it was already oh, yeah. so impressive but it's infinitely more impressive yeah. now yeah. you know he, he directed Mission Impossible 3 which you can look at as the transition point mm-hmm. which he then produces Mission Impossible 4 5 soon to be 6 was a producer on Westworld directed Star Wars The Force Awakens is going to be executive producer on Star Wars 8 I mean the guy is this right now at this moment oh, we directed Star Trek yeah. untouchable like He's, no, there's there's very few. I mean, he's literally James Cameron in the '90s right now. Yeah, mm. who's who's as big as J.J. Abrams right now? As far no as the one. name goes, no as one because because he's crossing so many mediums. Yeah, exactly. that's like, the thing that really reinforces and the number of franchises that people are willing to put in his hands. Yeah, when, I mean, when, you can talk about like Inaritu as yeah. like a great director, but it's not the same conversation no. at all. If you look at Abrams, you're like, well. You're like, okay, so, you know, Star Wars, like, that's the feather in his cap. You're like, that's the yeah. big thing. And then you're yeah. like, oh, wow, Westworld was, like, the highest-reviewed show of the year, and he was EP on that. I didn't right. realize that. And you're right. like, oh, and he's getting to be EP on Star Wars 8? Yeah. Even though Disney's just going to let him be the EP on that movie. Great, okay. Like, crazy. The guy is yeah. untouchable right now. So Spielberg is his only comparison, in my opinion, mm-hmm. at this point. Because yeah. Spielberg has done so many different types of movies, including just... TV and television. I mean, TV and film and what have you. Yeah, yeah. And the age difference there is the, that's the clear distinction. Uh-huh. He's, he's Spielberg in his prime, right? So, uh, moving on to Tony Gilroy, one of our favorites on the show. Love yeah. Tony Gilroy. We're big fans of Tony Gilroy. Drew, you were just telling me a story. You were uh, in a, in a oh, Clash yeah. of so, Clans conversation. You were having. I love playing Clash of Clans. <laughs> it's just one of the uh, few vices I that's have in my awesome. life. Uh, but Ben and I always have this conversation where, like, when people talk to us about movies, it's not really a conversation anymore. It's kind yeah. of like us just vomiting fact on them. Until <laughs> Right. Until they like sway to what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so the other day, someone was asking about Jason Bourne and if what what people thought of it, and they should see it. And someone said, "Oh, I thought it was really good." And I responded saying, "I didn't think it was that good. I think it really suffered because they got rid of Tony Gilroy, mm. who wrote the first four or was a part of the first four, mm-hmm. and he's got this incredible way, like this concise, tight writing that moves the story forward." And I was like, so what I said to them was like. Really, I thought that it suffered due to the writing. They actually got rid of one of the writers. You should look up Tony Gilroy. And so, like, a couple minutes later, the guy's like, oh, wow, I had no idea that he did that. I was like, yeah, Paul Greengrass took over the writing, and he hired a yes man to basically be a support writer. So that's why and they were like, oh, my God, I had no idea. I'd never even heard of all these people. And I was like, yeah. So They're, they're like, who are you? You're like, this is Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tony Gilroy. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, Tony Gilroy, he's just got this incredible way of writing. Yep. And I'll, I'll let you cover him because I know you love him. Yeah, Gilroy... Is there's another guy who's kind of a script doctor? You can see Devil's Advocate, uh, Born Identity, Armageddon. Um, for me, the thing that makes Tony Gilroy what he is to me is Michael Clayton. Mm, um, Michael yeah. Clayton's one of my 20 favorite movies ever made. Wow! Um, it's a movie that I've probably seen eight, nine times, and it's never gotten anything. It's, it's never aged for me. The mm. writing is perfect. It's so well acted. Yeah. The pacing in that movie is incredible. When you talk about like movies about corporate espionage, it's about as good as it gets. And it's just one of those examples where like. Somebody and their style just hits its hits his stride in exactly the right way. Like mm-hmm. yeah. all the things about the Bourne movies, you could like sort of be like, well, they're awesome, but they're kind of a little bit silly action movies. And everything about like what was the movie that he made with uh, Giamatti, Wilkinson, Clive Owen, and Julia Roberts was that Duplicity? Was yeah. that what it was called? Duplicity. Yeah. Um, Duplicity, mm-hmm. or like any of the stuff that he's worked on later. Obviously, directing. I think the fourth Bourne movie. Yeah. 
which is just okay. All that stuff just kind of gets swept away when you look at this one movie, Michael Clayton. Mm-hmm. And so I always see that, and I'm like, that's the best example of what this guy's capable of. And look, Armageddon's a silly script, but it doesn't change the fact you have literal legends working yeah, on it. Absolutely. And, and I'm going to move right on to Shane Salerno, who is a it's legend. It's not a silly script. What? It's not a silly script, Ben. <laughs> right, right, it's not right. a silly script. It's not a silly yeah. script, There's ben. some real stuff happening going on in between the lines. <laughs> I'm leaving the show. There's some context. I thought we were talking about you. We love the movie. <laughs> so Shane Salerno is someone that if you haven't heard of him, you will hear of him soon. Uh... When he was a high school senior, he wrote and produced and directed a documentary called Sundown, The Future of Children and Drugs. This appeared on Larry King Live, and um, it was honored by the United States Congress. So he immediately, that was like, I'm doing what I should be doing with life, right? Uh, So he started working with uh, novelist Don Winslow, and he created the TV series UC Undercover, which Mm. he was an executive producer, writer, and music supervisor. He went on to work on Hawaii Five-0. Anyway, that's all... Whatever, who cares about all that? That was so long ago. Um, now, what he's doing is he's working on the next five installments of Avatar. Wow. James Cameron, yeah, it, uh, if you go, it goes two, three, four, five, six. He's doing he's, six he's movies? All of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's also worked with Michael Mann, Steven Spielberg, uh, and he most recently started writing, producing, and directing. He, he did the movie Salinger, the documentary, mm. and um, he also followed that up with a book that was a New York Times bestseller. But the really the big thing for him is that he is going to be writing the next six Avatar films. So James Cameron clearly thinks that this guy knows his shit. Mm-hmm. He's like forty four, I think, mm-hmm. is what I was looking. Which is pretty impressive that a guy who like to be in that position. I mean, that kind of experience already. Um, I was reading a little bit about him, and it was he was just sort of referencing the guys that he's worked with, and he's like, yeah, my time on, you know, my time on. I think it was NYPD Blue or uh, which whatever the cop show that he worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just like, you know, that taught me this, and he's like, my time with Michael Mann. You know, I think of him as a great teacher, and my t- right. He's just referencing all these huge legends. Mm-hmm. Um, this yeah, guy, he worked with uh, Michael Mann on the border. He worked with William Friedkin, the night, uh, the night train. He worked with Ron Howard on the Bay of Pigs. Yeah, like, yeah. the dude's just done it. Yeah, what do you guys think? So. Uh, Freakin, what do you guys think about him? Like, like William Freakin? Yeah, I mean, at this point as a director. Yeah. Well, what can you say? His heyday was in the seventies. That's, yeah. that's all you really can say. I mean, they'll still give him occasional chances, but I think this happens sometimes. Directors just they have their shot when they're young, yeah. and then they just can't make the transfer. They just can't make it. You so know, really, what we were just talking. You just get about. older. Yeah. You just get older. You get softer. You're not as edgy. You're not as in touch with that stuff, and mm-hmm. you live your life. I'm like, he was married to. He's married to uh, the woman who was Sherry Lansing. So freaking, what was the rush? Like it was. He didn't have that. Right. He might not have had that extra drive after he'd done Exorcist and after he'd done uh, what French, French Connection, Connection yeah, yeah after he'd done those films there's not that drive maybe to keep t- sometimes you just hit your wall and you can't do it anymore it's like yeah. Exorcist and then Walter French Hill. Connection Walter Hill's the same way Walter Hill had great movies from the 80s can't do crap now yeah. the Warriors, Forty Eight Hours, like yeah. he did great films, and then you can't just he can't. Last Man Standing was was yeah. that Bruce Willis one yeah, was kind of crappy, and that's when everything started falling apart. Willis yeah. and Walking, yeah, yeah. How good is so Live and Die in L.A. I think is like eighty six. That's maybe. Michael Mann, yeah, that's great. No, to Live and Die in L.A. That's yeah. Friedkin. I'm sorry, Fried, uh, no, I'm sorry. I was thinking, uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was thinking Manhunter. My bad. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, and that's a good movie. Yeah, uh, but I was trying to think of like. Did Friedkin make a movie after To Live and Die in L.A. that was even good, like in the 90s? Is there one I'm forgetting? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Okay, we can... Like my phone's... Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about it. But it's just one of those names who still gets... You know, it's like if you are you have a mm-hmm. guy and he's like, my time with Michael Mann, well, I'm like, he's still making movies. He's still yeah. relevant. Yeah. He's like, my time with Spielberg. I'm like, legend. He's like, yeah. my time with Friedkin. I'm like... Where you're 44. How, what, time, what time could you have spent with Friedkin? Right. That's right. kind of what I was trying to think is, was he still even doing things that were relevant at the time this I guy mean, was well, coming up? Well, the dude started when he was in high school. Yeah, yeah I guess like, true. Right when, you know, 19, 20 years old. Yeah. So let's move on to Bay here because that is really... Yeah. What it's all about. <laughs> the centerpiece of this <laughs> What it's all about. 
Uh, Friedkin uh, did blue chips. blue chips and Jade and Rules of Engagement. Oh yeah, Jade. Like David Caruso. And the yeah. Jade. Yeah. <laughs> the Hunted. Yeah, the Hunted. Oh, I love the Hunted. Oh yeah, he directed <laughs> and he that. Tommy. Yeah. Yes. And then he did Killer Joe, which oh, that, was, oh, was that was kind of not bad. I haven't seen it, but I heard yeah, it was really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, so he's done. He's, he's showed up in occasional places, but they're not the Those greatest are such stuff. Interesting films for him yeah. to have worked on to show that like he could still do something. Killer Joe, well, Killer Joe, yeah, it's Killer exactly. Joe's McConaughey. Not it's, oh, yeah, it's McConaughey. the one with I was him and Catherine Keener and Juno Temple, mm-hmm. and it's a weird little film. Yeah. yeah, I heard it was pretty good. Yeah. Um. So Michael Bay, uh, we've all we've all said a lot about the guy. Uh, he. His visual style is the thing that I think he's probably the most known yeah. for. Yeah. Um. I think the most interesting thing about Bay is. Everybody knows between 95 and 05 what, what his career was like. Because yeah. he came out, you know, he did Bad Boys, he did The Rock, Armageddon, Pearl Harbor, then he did Bad Boys 2, right? right? The Island. Um, the Island, Transformers. And then, and yeah, then if you look... Most people, that's their response. Andrew, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> How can you like The Island and you haven't seen Armageddon in 15 years? I don't uh, understand! <laughs> I do like The Island. But if you move past... If you go past the island and you look at his everything that he made from 2006 to this year, which there'll be another Transformers coming right. out this yeah. year. So six of those, right? Seven. If Seven. You include this year's Jesus this Christ. this year's Transformers, okay. the one that's coming out like this summer, I guess, the last night. Yeah. He'll have made seven movies, five of which have been Transformers. Movies. Yes. So he's basically just been in Transformers land this mm-hmm. whole time. What were the other two? Uh, he made 13 Benghazi, Hours yeah. last year and Pain and Gain. Anyway, Pain, oh, and, Pain and Gain. Mm-hmm. Which was... And that's the one and that both I find. Those films are good. I, that's the one I find I the most to be so much better. Interesting. Mm, Thirteen yeah. hours I watched last week. I like Thirteen uh, Hours. It's good. It's mm-hmm. not I watched great. It. Yeah. It's it doesn't have the things that I think. When I watched that movie, I literally thought to myself, "You want this to be Lone Survivor, and it's not." Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. You want this to be Lone Survivor, and it just it's just it's the same way when I watched Pain Again. I was like, "This same cast could have worked for me." Oh, absolutely. If it was done by a director that I felt like understood how to do the material properly, mm. I completely agree with that. Film. It just that okay. movie didn't ring true with me. It was it was everything about it was like I don't really understand what I'm watching. It's like mm. it's it's like this incredibly stylized black comedy that. I, was just, I mean, there's so many directors. What if Danny Boyle had done that movie? What mm. if, like, somebody who read that script was like, this is some Dude, twisted even, shit. I mean, if you mm-hmm. want to talk about someone that could have done a great job with that movie that you don't even like, Fuqua could have done a way better job with yeah. that movie than Bay did. Yeah. Possibly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Possibly. We don't really know. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't go as far as to call the movie bad, but I, would, I wouldn't call it good, because mm-hmm. I feel like... And I feel like that was the consensus, is people were like... I really don't know how to feel about this movie. It's so twisted that I have a hard time laughing when the jokes happen. Yeah. But I mean, The Rock was a great casting choice. Yeah. Wahlberg's a great they were casting all good. choice. Yeah, they're all good. Yeah. Yeah. Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, Tony mm-hmm. Shalhoub. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the cast, and it's a good story. So I, I think the last 10 years of Bay, it's like such a strange career to mm-hmm. decide to just commit fully to Transformers. Like, I mean, the yeah. money. It's the know, money, man. The, He's, money. the last one made $1.5 billion. I know. But it's the you, highest grossing one. Do you think that he's still enter, he's still entertained by making Transformers movies? I don't think so. I think he's still challenged. Yeah, I think challenged, he's still challenged. Yeah. I mean, yeah. At that point, it's like, how do you find something new? And the last one, there was a goddamn robot dinosaur being rid by Optimus Prime. You know? <laughs> like, how do you, where do you go from there? Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to see. Yeah, we're going to see. We're going to get back night, into Camelot. Exactly. That's where we go. <laughs> I, think there's like, I think there's like yeah. three more in the works still. Probably. Yeah, and they'll just keep making them. Everyone knows I'm I'm legendary for liking the Transformers movies. So I, I like it too. I, I don't like the second one, but... I like one and three a lot. One, three, and four I like. Mm-hmm. And four is like, if you just get drunk enough or high enough... Which one's four again? You, four is the one where they go to China and stuff, and, oh, and he's riding the dinosaur. Yeah, that's that one's four. sweet. And you're yeah. dropping all... So mm-hmm. you're just... If you 
turn your brain off and just enjoy those films, they are enjoyable. I didn't watch four. I saw one. I saw one, which I fucking love. Honestly, the original Transformers is one of the best action movies that came out in the 2000s. Yeah, it's great. It's got all the things like it's why Shia LaBeouf was a star. Mm -hmm. He's Mm -hmm. so good in it. Megan Fox is so hot, and she's like such a great like she's such a great like uh, girl next door character in it. I mean, Optimus Prime is awesome. Next to that girl. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's just that movie is just great. One of the best Goo Goo Doll songs ever is from that movie. It's a great song. Um, And then I saw the second one. I remember at a midnight screening, and I was very let down. Mm -hmm. It was not good. Well, okay, so let's 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 ride that because I think that Transformers is like. Michael Bay at his best. It's like all of the things yeah. that he does the most mm-hmm. that work perfectly together. So let's get into our top Bayisms. Okay, right. so so top Bayisms. I was gonna say top five, but there's more than five. There's so yeah. many. Uh, so Bayisms, things that show up in like every Bay movie. And I, I honestly would say when I'm talking about this period of his career, because I think the Transformers movies are so specific. Yeah. I don't think they show up as much in the later movies. I think it's harder to identify them because it's such one kind of movie. Mm-hmm. And Pain and Gain doesn't feel like a Bay movie in the way that the no. old stuff does. No, not at all. So. But literally, Bad Boys through Transformers, 95 to 2007 is where you see these. Or even Transformers 2, actually. Really? Because Transformers 2 is riddled with Bayisms. Okay. Especially some of the ones we don't like. So yeah. let's go with some Bayisms. Oh, yeah, the racist robots? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's start with race, like incredibly so racist characters. Incredibly racist characters. We're yeah. not going to dwell on that. But then let's, on the other side of that, like Roka, you said before yeah. the shore, the, the orange lighting. Yeah. But Bay has this incredible thing with color and lighting, mm-hmm. and you'll see it in Transformers where things are so beautiful and mesmerizing yeah. to look at. Incredibly I, bright colors. Yeah. yeah. I remember Incredibly. in Transformers 2, uh, there's that scene where they go to the they go to like the sorority house and the yeah. blonde chick who turns out to be a robot. Oh yeah. And like the inside of the house is like like frat parties aren't lit like this. Like this yeah. place looks like a goddamn <laughs> incredible like Hollywood rave yeah. party Jay-Z's with like birthday. beautiful <laughs> lighting and you know what I mean? And like these platforms I'm like this is yeah. supposed to be like a sorority house? Yeah. I was like, God, the lighting is just unbelievable. Everybody looks like a movie star in here. I'm surprised you didn't talk about sorority house. What about hot chicks dancing around in yep. near nothing? That's yeah. what I have, yep. When, when Michael Bay cast Transformers, <laughs> he just had women come to his house and wash his cars. That's and that's how uh, Megan Fox got cast. Exactly. That's the legend. She washed uh, the car. He was like her. Yep. Done. Yeah. All right. What else we got, boys? Unbelievable. Uh, and, and you have it in, in Armageddon, of course, because in the strip club scene. Yep. Right. And then you have it in the first Transformers when the Transformer is going over that one girl who's screaming and her dress is flying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, yeah it's always the there. Yep. Yep. And yep. Megan yep. Fox is just really well, of course, just ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. True. What Isn't about, there a line when John Turturro says something like, high school girls are hot? Yeah. Yeah. Are hot. No, he goes, criminals are hot. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. Hot <laughs> criminals are hot. I can't say high school girls are hot. Oh, what about the uh, the slow motion 360 man oh, yes. around? Always. Yeah. I would almost say that's the most distinctive band. Yes. The, the, yeah, the, 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 the 360. That shows up in Armageddon. It shows up in The Rock. I mean, mm-hmm. The Rock's most Bad famous boys. shot... Yeah, the bad boys, yep. big time bad boys yep. too. The Rock's most famous shot is the wraparound 360 of Nick Cage with the flares. Oh, but a then, secret smoke! <laughs> yeah. But then it has the jets fly over yeah. the top, yeah. which is another Bay. The jets, yeah, using jets to fly over scenes. That's why I consider Con Air a Michael Bay film. I don't Me care too. that Simon I know. West directed we, we 100%. it. It's so many Bayisms. Simon, in that movie. Simon Pope, right? Yeah. Simon, Simon West. West. Simon West. Yeah. It's like, dude, you are Simon Pope fan of the show. Big shout out. Yeah, right. <laughs> Simon Pope, my boy. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's Con yeah. Air. 
there is the official Michael Bay, not Michael Bay movie. Right. Right. Um, yeah. The the jets flying over, the, and then the slam bang action thriller music. Yeah. yeah the rock like it. driving music. We've uh, told the story before, but like our buddy, uh, our buddy knew the editor on the rock, and he told us a story once that would like, like I guess the guy was like, look, when I was starting the movie, Michael was like, look, I need this movie to jump off the screen from the opening frame. I need the credits to be exciting, right. you know. And like when that movie starts, it's like the music is so intense. Yes. And it's as the credits are happening, you hear Ed Harris's voice, and he's like, "I come to you today to talk about a grave injustice." <laughs> You're like, "I'm in." You're like, "I'm so into this movie." Uh, all right, so last couple, we got the generic white president giving a speech. Oh yeah, a big one with um, slow motion children running in the background. Yeah, of the speech. That. There's always slow yeah. motion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's this? Guts checking with time. Oh, oh, the talking suits. <laughs> talking suits with medals and oh, all yeah. that. That's oh, a yeah. huge one. Yeah, yeah, big time. And then the one that I brought up before the show, I want to know like what you guys think of this, what the fans think of this. Does Michael Bay always use dual heroes? That's a great point. Yeah, Sean Connery and Cage. Uh Yep. You got Shia and Megan. Yep. Yep. You got Will and Martin. You could even say Shia and Optimus. And Shia and Optimus or Shia and Bumblebee. And then in this one, you've got clearly yeah Willis and and Affleck. Yeah. Yeah. Thirteen hours he doesn't, but that's kind of like that's not really a Bay movie. Yeah, it's uh, later on too. It doesn't really be, like it feels a little like a Bay movie, but he's he's managed mm-hmm. to get rid of I think a lot of his Bayisms in that movie. Mm-hmm. Well, you have those two guys. You have uh, Krasinski and the other dude f- yeah. who's the villain in a number of films. Iron Man Three. Yeah, those guys That's do true. play off each other. And in Pain Again, you have The Rock and Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in Pearl Harbor, you have Josh Hart and Ben, and Affleck. ben Affleck. So yeah, wow. I think this is a you, this is a valid theory. Uh, Roka, splitting. I need to know. Yes. Do you love Pearl Harbor? No, I hate it to pieces. Oh, really? It's a piece of dog shit. Yeah. I, no, the, the, here's what I'll tell you. Here's what I'll tell you. The actual Pearl Harbor attack yeah. is one of the most amazing things I've ever oh. seen on film, yeah. bar none. Yeah. Bar none. The missile shot, yeah. everything. You relive that battle as close as you'll ever to do it yeah. if, because you, you're never going to be able to actually right. be there unless you go on Timeless and you somehow get in the plot line. But right. like, you, this, it's such a fantastic... But everything before it and after it is so incredibly stupid and a waste of time. Because A, we just almost got blown up by the Japanese and we're worried about this love triangle. Who gives a fuck? We right. lived! Who yeah. cares that you slept with my girl what I don't care the fact that the Japanese almost destroyed our entire country and took us over and almost like killed I, I, that's way more important than if you slept with my my friend yeah. or not like I don't care and respectfully so, I disagree with you okay that's <laughs> fair that's fair <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding I love, I love the movie I have I, I used to have the Criterion the Criterion collection like four hour extended DVD oh set my god with four discs um, of Pearl Harbor yeah I, damn dude I do love I love I the whole action sequence so bad and I love even the, Baldwin's bad go ahead, yeah. I love Baldwin and I love the whole ending scene Sequence. I love Baldwin. Yeah, I love that movie personally. It's not good. You guys are gonna it. fly. You're yeah. gonna fly. Yeah. It's great. All right. Uh, it's and, and, great. and that, that film stars a lot of people just before they blew up. Garner, Jamie King, yep. all these incredible yep. Beckinsale, right? Yeah, okay, Beckinsale as well. Yeah, yeah all those people are in there. Probably already getting a little bigger. Then. Mm. Yeah, she's one of the best ever. Well, she was a lead, but the other the other nurses are smaller. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah, about yeah, to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, all right. So continuing to move through the list here, uh, we get to producers on the film. We already talked about J- Gail Ann Hurd and Bruckheimer. I mean, it's kind of one of these guys it's like what do you even say yeah, about yeah. Bruckheimer Joel Silver these are like the big hitters yeah. Bruckheimer and Don Simpson did movies together until 96 Don Simpson passed away yeah. uh, Bruckheimer continued we've done this passed talk away, yeah. so many times yeah yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> continued the franchise I mean Bruckheimer ended up with the Transformers franchise yeah. with Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Um, Sherlock Holmes, right? Didn't yeah. do that too? No, that's, I think that's Joel Silver. Oh, that's Silver. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, this, you know, <laughs> Bruckheimer's about as rich as, as they get. And mm-hmm. and he may do uh, Top Gun 2, actually. They, mm. There's been a lot oh, of talk. Yeah. Finally. 
You're please. hoping before yeah. before Val Kilmer dies, please yeah. do this. Uh, I would. He's the, so, he's the he, to me he's the Carrie Fisher of the situation. You just you don't know what's going to happen. Right. Would you? So if they did that movie, yeah. would you be okay with Fat Kilmer or? You want to well, he's not right. Fat Kilmer anymore. Yeah, it's true. Because his cancer, he's lost weight. But like, you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But but if you the watch cancer. the behind the scenes yeah. of of the reissue of Top Gun, the 25th anniversary, the interviews with him are illuminating. With yeah. Val Kilmer, he's illuminating. Incredible. It's an hour and a half uh, behind the scenes documentary wow. on it. It's worth it, worth it, worth it. One of my Because of all ever. the people they talk to about it in current time. And, yeah. and Kilmer is one of the best. I love Kilmer, man. Yep. I think he's so talented. We, oh, talk, yeah. we talk a lot about when he... Uh, came out of hiding and showed up in Deja Vu yeah. as, yeah. as, as, as Fat Kilmer. Kilmer. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. Fucking bad lieutenant yeah. with yeah. Uh, Port of Call New Orleans. Yeah, right, He's right. Fat Kilmer there too. Yeah. I still yeah. think his greatest role ever is Dieter Von Kant and McGruber. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. It's gotta be Doc Holliday. Let's, let's keep going. Uh, Better than talk. The Saint? What? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> Andrew loves The Saint. So I really much. do. Uh, Alright, so moving into yeah, box office critical. Ball. Let's get some coffee or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, oh, he's so good. Almost as good as Wesley Snipes in The Art of War. Oh, um, shit! <laughs> I believe we you have are met. pulling left and we right. We still have it. We still have it, sir. Uh, all right, so this movie costs $140 million to make. I can only imagine how much of that went to- towards the actual actors in the film. Right. Uh, it opened July 1st, a big summer blockbuster in 1998. God. It grossed $201 million domestically, which is actually just behind Saving Private Ryan. Domestic. And then it grossed an additional 352 worldwide for a gross... Grand total of $553 million, just over half a billion. The first movie to gross half a billion from a Disney production studio or something like that. Wow. I believe is what it was. Uh, And it opened at $36 million at number one. And like I said, I mean, it was the biggest movie in 1998. We've got a box office graphic here of Worldwide Mm. pulled up. There's a lot of great movies in there. Can we, uh, oh. can we zoom in on that just a little bit? Yeah, let's see what it's above. Oh, <coughs> I can't mm. read anything. Not uh, a surprise. Yeah, right. What's number two? Oh, Saving, Saving Private, Private Ryan. Ryan. That's right. Because Armageddon is, is better. That, is that Godzilla number three? Oh, God. Size? I don't know why that is. I still can't really read that. Yeah. Um, is something about Mary number four? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Something about Mary, which I love. A Bug's Life. Deep Impact, which was kind I of... I love that Deep Impact managed to make managed to end up as the number six movie. That's unbelievable. <laughs> well, that, uh, Came out the same summer. The, the same fucking premise. They were saying that it actually did pretty well, and they they were almost a little worried about it. Yeah, know? Mulan. I'm looking forward to the live action remake of that yeah. one. I can't wait. Truman yeah. Show. Huge fan of that. Yeah. Leave Weapon Four. Shakespeare also. and Love up in there. God, the '90s wow. were just so great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leave Weapon Four. It's one of your favorites ever. Yeah. I can't believe. I can't believe that. Uh, I mean, both that Shakespeare and Love made the kind of money that it did. Damn right it did. Also, the Truman Show made that much money. Yep. I mean. Well, Carrie's still in his prime at that point. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's true. It Shakespeare was... Love, that movie will never make sense to me, making as much money as it did, winning Best Picture. Like, I just don't get it that year. I just rewatched it again last night. But it beats oh, Saving no, Private Ryan. Oh, no, two nights ago. It, damn right it did. <sighs> it's a better film than Saving Private Ryan. Oh, I man. have fought this fight on numerous shows. Shakespeare and Love deserves that Oscar. I just... I mean, because after was the that, first... Was that Marissa? Would you say Marissa? Yeah, that's right. She Marissa agrees. Serafini in the booth. After yeah. the buddy. first 30 minutes of Saving Private Ryan, it's a, it's just... Because oh, he doesn't want to be saved. He doesn't want to be saved. The whole point of the movie, and he doesn't want to be saved. All right, Roka. Let's get back to Let's get <laughs> back to Calm down. <laughs> uh, Marissa Serafini in the booth. Drew tried to just highlight before Roka just steamrolled. <laughs> steamrolled. I apologize. <laughs> Thank you for uh, doing the show today, Marissa. We appreciate it. You're of awesome. Course. Thank you, guys. Thank you for agreeing with me, Marissa. <laughs> Marissa, we'll talk after the show. Uh, critically, this movie got a 6.6 from IMDb, and the critics. I mean, it's perfect for this movie. All critics gave it a 39. <laughs> Top gave it a 26. The audience gave it a 73. Damn I actually, right it I actually think that the audience score uh, should be in the 80s. Yes, I think agreed. That seems I agree. More fitting. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, what do you expect out of this movie? That's what you want. You want the audience to just lose their shit over mm-hmm. and the critics to be like, well, this isn't going to work because there's, what, 168 plus things that are known errors in the film that Michael Bay were just like, who gives a shit? No one knows mm-hmm. about space. Imagine you like to find, oh, is my mic off? Uh-oh. Did it just die? For a second, you still hear me? There, there we go. go. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Back yeah, up here. that thing. Uh, I was just going to say, imagine you light a firecracker and you put it in your hand. Yeah. It explodes, nothing happens. You light the same firecracker and close your fist. Yeah. Your I'm wife's gonna. Asks. What is it? You're you're, to open your, your, your wife's gonna have you open your ketchup for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Why is you ketchup? Great lines. These are great it lines. It is. It's because he's because before the war's over. <laughs> looks like you're not the, the better, better man. man. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those where it's like, uh, what do English people think Americans do? Eat ketchup on everything. <laughs> That's of course. Right. Write That's that in. Right. Let me show you how we do this in America. Let me use this Gatling gun on my rover. Like, <laughs> why the fuck was there like a huge automatic Gatling yeah. gun on both rovers? Like, were they expecting hostiles on on the, this fucking asteroid? <laughs> now man get <laughs> off the nuclear <laughs> weapon yes I, all of that yeah yeah it is amazing all right. I love the scene where they're all coming in with different ways to solve the problem and yeah. they're just the most inane things. come yeah. on guys yeah we gotta do better than this yeah. <laughs> aren't you guys NASA you guys are just coming up with shit you're just coming up with shit to come up with shit right uh, all right, so moving on here, we're going to get into favorite line. Uh, I'm going to go last since I already talked okay. about mine earlier. Uh, let's go with Roka. Roka's got really? that voice. There's yeah, a Roka. million of favorite lines in this movie, but the one that always gets me every goddamn time is when Will Patton is going up to talk to his mm. ex-wife or whatever she... We don't know what she right. is, right. but she, we know that she's the mother of his child. And that whole scene cry every time really? every single time I cry and when he says uh, what does he say uh, I got something coming up something kind of big you just might be proud of me that's a good line that's, that's when he says it because there's so much inside yeah. of what mm-hmm. he's saying that is more than just about uh uh, their relationship it's, it's he's saying like I know I've been a, a mess up my whole life yeah. I know I didn't I wasn't there for you like there's you can read all those levels and I know that like you're doing a better job raising our child and he's gonna be great because you're in charge of him but I, I think I got a shot my, to show you that I've changed my life around and that I'm better now I one of the things we do something yeah, worthwhile yep. one of the things we always talk about is that like with with the 90s 80s 90s action movies that we love so much yeah. the whole you know premise of founding this show uh is that most of the time the action is not the thing we no. like the most? Yeah. It close. tends to be the emotional scenes and the intense showdown scenes Absolutely. between the characters that that are the ones that stick with us, and that's why it's like in The Rock, it's like him talking to the grave at the beginning, or like the shower room showdown mm-hmm. before the guns start flying. Yeah. Though I do love the sidearm from Michael no, Bean when he's on the ground. <laughs> uh, uh, but like you know, so I, I agree with you. I think that's a great moment. Um, well, the actions what keeps you awake, yeah. and the moments in between is what keep you engaged. Yeah, you, you, know? can, you yeah, because other than it's a Fast and Furious movie, like yeah. Fast and Furious is great to watch its action. Transformers do great to watch its yeah. action, but. The, the ones we love, the, the ones greatest, we really love, yeah. are because they have these great emotional connections between the actors. Edge of and, Tomorrow, man. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow's yeah. great. Cruz and Emily Blunt. Absolutely. 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 So they always say, Lethal Weapon, which we referenced earlier, same thing. Their connection yeah. is what makes those action sequences work. Between Murtaugh and Gary Busey. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Murtaugh. All right. Uh, all right, let's continue moving. <laughs> yeah. You go spit. Yeah, I think yeah. my favorite line's got to be the one that I opened the, the the show with, and that's just I love when they're arguing up on the they're arguing <laughs> over the ship, and he's like William Fisher just looks back at him, he's like, "You and your men are the worst mistake NASA's ever made in yeah. the history of NASA." History you're like, "Oh NASA. no, he did!" You <laughs> cannot bring NASA into this. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, so "Oh good. man." 
Fincher's yeah. so good at that. Just yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Hate you. Yeah. Requesting permission to shake the hand of the daughter of the bravest man I've ever met. <laughs> Affleck's like, can I kiss the girl, please? <laughs> please Bob, can we do this later? Yeah. I like the, uh, the the space age pliers yeah. that are applied oh, to yeah. 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 He's like, so good. Do you assure me that you head to depth? Do you assure me about the lives of your daughter? Uh, I never uh, listened to depth yet. I, you know, my phone died, so that's a thing. Oh, no! Uh, but my quote is the one that Billy Bob gives. He's like, damage? Or what, what is this? It's is like, damage total, sir. Total, sir. It's so like, we it's call a global it a, killer. Yeah, global, it's like killer. global killer. He's like, nothing will survive, sir, not even bacteria. <laughs> yeah. And that was when he said that, nothing will survive, not even bacteria. First of all, that's not a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, yes! Yeah, exactly. like when he said that, I was like, that's not true, but it's fucking awesome. I, what I was going to say is, like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love what he's like, Global Killer, but like the thing you mentioned about, or it's in the trailer about mm. the size of the thing being Texas, yeah. that's one of the basements we forgot. It's like talking head saying something, and somebody being like, explain it to me in English, please. Yeah. And something like, Global Killer, everyone dead. How, well, how big is it? Well, it's just like, it's like it's the size of yet. Texas. You know, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. The, guy, the guy being like, uh, I hate to say it, but the advisor to the president is wrong. Do you really want to trust a guy who got a C minus in astrophysics? And he's like, <laughs> and he's like this. And then he's like, he has, he has, <laughs> a, he has a metaphor. You light a firecracker. Yeah. Like, all right, all right. Ketchup. Yeah, ketchup. <laughs> so that shit happens in all the movies. I, w- I want to give a shout out to Jessica Steen because that's my second favorite line, and she's she's so hot in this film. Like, Jessica, if there's any way anybody can connect me with Jessica Steen, please do. Which I line? have such a massive crush. She's the other co-pilot of oh. the of the shuttles, and oh, she's yeah. the one that walks up to bear uh, to bear and goes she's kick him in the nuts. Yeah, because because yeah. I'm trying to explain yeah. to you why if I was to kick you in the nuts, yeah, you wouldn't fly off into space. Yeah, and he's like, "When do we?" And Buscemi goes, "When do we train for that?" Yeah, it's just a great like that's a great sequence. And and she, she's awesome. like, "Is it just me or is such and such really hot?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of hot. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. So I got a quick story to tell yeah, before we move is. into yeah. the last. Uh, look at the those last steel blue eyes. Canadian. She was in that film with Michael Richards and Jeff uh, Daniels, the courtroom movie, which I can't remember the name. Don't of that remember. One. Yeah. Huh. Um, so in the whole entire sequence where all the astronauts are training, all <laughs> the NASA, the NASA guys are training all the fucking roughnecks and everything. They've decided yeah. that it's a better idea to train, you know, drillers to be astronauts than astronauts to be drillers. <laughs> which is, uh, which I, I know that you said that your thing, but Ben Affleck uh, said that to Michael Bay. He's like, wouldn't it be easier if we trained astronauts to drill? <laughs> and it just says Michael Bay told him to shut up. Yeah. Do you see the paycheck? Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, one of our buddies uh, was the camera op on this movie. Oh, nice. And uh, he was like... He was like, let me tell you this good story. He's like, so, you know, everybody shows up to NASA in Houston. It's the first time ever that NASA granted access for an entire film. Wow. Like, they're yeah. fully inside. They got to every part of NASA. They were around $19 billion worth of equipment wow. filming yeah. this movie. I mean, they were, and they were there forever. So, mm-hmm. like, the underwater sequence where they're all doing the simulations in the spacesuits, mm-hmm. those are real, actual, functional mm-hmm. spacesuits that were built for Affleck and Willis. Their two suits were $10 million each. All the rest of them were $3 million a piece. Wow. So, what, what this, my buddy tells us, he's like, all right, so we all show up to NASA and we were all getting ready to shoot you know three days of prep to shoot this underwater sequence and he's like and all of a sudden we find out that uh, without the proper training and taking the classes nobody's allowed to get in the water he's like mind you only two people in spacesuits ever had been in this pool, the simulation pool. Wow. Normally, it's divers, uh, you know, a couple divers that are like kind of bas- basically observing. Mm-hmm. He's like, we were trying to get six astronauts in the water. He's like, as well as the entire crew who's shooting, you know, right. in suits. So he's like, we find out we have to take this class. You know, everybody there. The cinematographer, you know, Michael, everyone's got to take this class. Not only have to pass like a written, but they have to pass a physical as well yeah. to go in the water. Yeah. This is what the astronauts have to do every time they go in the water. 
So he's like, everyone. So so Affleck, Willis, myself, we're all sitting in this room. And the instructor looks at us and he's like, all right, you guys have to take this class. And if you don't pass it, you're not going in the water. And so he's like, if you need to go to the bathroom, we will pause the class. You will get up. We will resume the class when you come back. <laughs> so they're all sitting there. Willis has got his feet up on a desk. Of course. And uh, you know, Affleck's pretty well behaved. And uh, about 15 minutes in, Willis is like, I got to go to the bathroom. And gets up, leaves. He's like, okay, Mr. Willis, just want to let you know, if you don't come back, we will wait for you. Anytime you go past 10 minutes, we'll stay after class to finish at the end of the day. Oh, Willis doesn't come back. <laughs> uh, Never. <laughs> after like 15, 20 minutes of waiting, Affleck gets up. I got to go to the bathroom. He's like, I just want you to know, if you don't come back. So gets up, leaves, doesn't come back. Wow. Don't tell Michael Bay. So they go to shoot the scene. Bay finds out day of. We can't put these guys in the fucking suits. They can't get in the water. They didn't they stick can, around. They can literally put the suit on. They can get lowered in the cage into the water on a crane, but they are not allowed to move. They can't leave the mm. cage. They can't shoot any of the scenes. So if you go watch the movie, you'll notice it's only shots that don't show their face when they're flying around yeah. the pool. It's a close-up of Affleck with the pipe, it's Just, but it's just like this. And it's Willis. Uh, so they never actually do any of the scenes moving around, and they couldn't. Apparently they fucking couldn't shoot any of it. Movie stars, man. Yeah. Movie stars. Movie stars. Man. <laughs> Here's millions of dollars. You have to sit through this meeting. Fuck it. You no. know, Daniel Day-Lewis would have been teaching the meeting. By oh, the absolutely. Day. You, know, you know that. Yeah, and the suits are cut for the actors. Yeah. So, like, they wasted millions of dollars on these suits. Unbelievable. Oh, 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 speaking of, I, this just reminded me, uh, fun little trivia fact, Bruce Willis had an additional trailer on set, a second trailer mm. that cost $175,000. There was a full operational working gym just for him. Yes, yes. When I was on the... Go ahead, go, sorry, Andrew, go ahead. Never used it. Never used it? <laughs> Never stepped in it. <laughs> That's the perks. Those are the writers, right? right? When uh, I was on... The first time I came out to L.A., I got on the set of Wind Talkers, and I did six months as an extra on that. that yeah. I got my SAG card, everything like that. that Nick Cage yeah. had a separate trailer with a chef on call in the trailer to make whatever food he wanted to have made for, and it was a separate it was a trailer of legend for us we would like find it everyone wherever yeah. we were different places because we obviously we shot in different locations right. and so you'd always we'd hunt for the trailer the Nick Cage trailer that had this <laughs> chef inside that would make whatever and it was amazing it was a beautiful trailer imagine walking in somewhere just literally anything you want yeah. to eat yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we you, had lobster on that set did you watch Arsenal by the way not yet. I haven't seen that one yeah. yet. The the sequel. The new, yeah. The, yeah, Dead, the, to Deadfall. Yeah, to Deadfall from yeah. 1994. It's pretty. Shit. It's pretty. It's, and he Did dies. You saw in Deadfall? Yeah. You saw it all. I, well, John Sheck. I sat down at an oh, hour with nice. him last week, and he told me some really good Cage stories. So man, uh, is it, it was very very funny. I would love to get stuck on a in a in a in a cabin with that guy for a weekend. Cage, Cage yeah. just oh, to have yeah, those dude. stories of his life. He's incredible. It's yeah. always good when a sequel comes out 22 years later. Yeah, right? It's like not even really a sequel. Is the funny part because he his character dies in Deadfall. Yeah, yeah, but like they like came up with a way to just like do it anyway I don't even know it's bizarre anyway uh, go watch that interview guys if you like if you like Cage you'll laugh he tells some great stories about Ed Harris his name's John Sheck uh, it's a popcorn talk I talk so let's uh, let's move through to recast this um, is a throwback yeah, we don't do the time. we don't do the full recast as much as we used to, but uh, this time we decided we would recast the main four characters in this film. If the film were to be remade today, let's start going backwards to forward. Okay, with the Billy Bob Thornton character of Truman, who do we start with? I went with Mr. J.K. Simmons. The oh, dude that's a good choice. Is so good at being direct and getting the point across, but then the emotional part that you need at the end of the movie, perfect. Yeah, great actor. I went with Kyle Chandler, Mr. Uh, Coach, oh, Coach T, wow, nice. Friday Night Lights, uh, Bloodline, phenomenal actor. One, one, really one of my all-time favorite actors as Coach T is one of yeah. my all-time favorite characters, and I think he just knocked it out of the park. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, I went with Sam Jackson. 
because I thought <laughs> you got to have some color in this damn movie, yeah. and I put him in there, and I, I thought he'd be great because you know he could play the whole thing with the with the leg, and because Sam's an actor, yeah, so he right. can play these smaller parts like Billy Bob. Billy Bob brought a lot of grab. People don't talk about this and about this movie. Billy Bob is the gravitas of this movie. Absolutely, he, brings, yeah. he, is. he is the anchor of the movie. Everything yeah. else, everybody else can act fool, be be ridiculous, but he is the anchor of the movie. If you don't have Billy Bob Thornton, this movie falls apart. And screw you if you think it falls apart. Oh, already. Look. Without, without <laughs> Billy Bob, without Billy Bob, it falls apart completely. <laughs> Uh, so that so that's why I thought Sam Jackson would be the perfect guy who could do the the combo of acting it and, and what have you. Yeah. John Roca, eighty six years old. <laughs> Screw you if you think Armageddon sucks. That's gonna be on my tombstone. I like that I'm until still eighty six. I can handle yeah. eighty six. Yeah. My other choice was Gibson, but I, Mel because like it's yeah. kind of metaphorical because mm. Mel can't get can't, yeah. can't be an action star anymore. Yeah, right. Can't be, and so it'd be good. It'd be interesting. The, those lines would have more weight to them when he says, "Yeah, I wish I could go up with you. Right. I can't do it anymore." It'd be yeah. great. So. Yeah, I was just gonna say that Billy Bob, like in interviews, people have talked to him about the acting that and he always says it's not that bad. I think he's actually really good. He's great at it. Yeah, he's, he's got like a whole backstory to why he couldn't participate. Because like right. they asked him, like, what's the thing? He's like, oh, he suffered crippling nerve damage as a young man. Mm-hmm. That's why he can't be an astronaut. Yeah, it's like you did the work. Wow. Yeah, I've talked about it on here before. Uh, I interviewed him like two, two months ago, oh, and nice. uh, just the best, the fucking best. Like yeah. one of the one of my favorite, just the nicest guy on earth. Yeah. Right. Uh, was fucking with me from the second I walked in the door. <laughs> just great. So uh, second. Second on the list, let's go to the Liv Tyler character. Mm. Uh, I went with, I, I just used her the other day, but I, I think it's even better now, is Naomi Harris again. Okay, yeah. She's, I love her. She's, mm. she's M in, uh, oh, yeah. in or she's Money Penny, excuse me, in the new Bond movies, and yeah. she was just in Collateral Beauty. And Southpaw. Yeah, and Southpaw. She's just incredibly yep. beautiful, and she's a very good actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And she's also not white, which is going to change there you something go. in my recast. Whammy! Oh, well, whammy! <laughs> <laughs> We need an awesome black movie star to play the lead role in this movie. <laughs> I wonder who it's going to be. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I wonder who it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, mine is uh, Brie Larson. Oh, for the Liv Tyler yeah, role. Yeah, Once again, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to give a little more gravitas to this film. I think Brie would be great in this part, and I think there'd be more to... Oh, my God. Our two yeah. are the same until, oh, really? I changed my, until I changed Willis. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, thought, I think Brie is a great... You cheated, you son of a... You yeah. ch- I, Brie, Brie is so good, and I think she would never probably do this now because she's a lead in an Oscar-winning actress, but she's in Kong Skull Island, so there's certainly possibilities, and I think she'd do a great job and, and, and find even more levels that Liv didn't quite get to in this film. And yeah. I think it'd be great to see her She's a great it. actress. Yep. Yeah, that, that's, that one scene was like, that's my father! Yeah, oh, she would so kill good. that. So good. Yeah, I decided to go with uh, Adrian Paliki. Oh, um, interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. and so, so I'm going full Friday Night Lights on this. Yeah. But uh, she's so. great, and she's also she's also reached I think a level as an actress now where she's had she's, she doesn't seem like a teenager as much mm-hmm. as she used to. Mm-hmm. That I think she could handle this role, um, and I think she's a good actress. And I, I don't think the role honestly demands that much. Is the interesting thing. Yeah. So I don't think you need you could have a Brie Larson. But I don't think you need one, mm-hmm. and I think. She's. I mean, she was very good as Tara, and I think she could handle. It. <laughs> Did you so. use? Uh, who'd you use for ben Taylor Kitsch? Did you use Taylor, Taylor Kitsch? Kitsch? What? Did you use Taylor Kitsch? <laughs> no, I should have. You, you know, yeah. I love Riggins. He's one of the all timers. Well, okay, so I told Ben off camera that I've started watching Friday Night Lights. I'm halfway through the first season. Riggins is a dick. So yeah. if oh, that yeah. changes, great, because then yeah. I'll understand why people love him so much. But right now, he's kind of a jerk. Oh, he's got a good, he's got a really good okay. arc, man. Sleeping with your best friends. He is a good man. Okay. Like, you talking about Friday Night Lights is like when we talk about Armageddon to you. It's like you guys are both very yeah. defensive of your movies. Oh, my show, God. Show. There's so many good moments. Uh, but, anyway, who'd you use as Ben Affleck? Uh, for Ben Affleck, I decided to go with a man I like to call Shia LaBeouf. Ah. Oh, interesting. Great. I thought, so basically he's exactly what he would be in Transformers, except older now. 
now yeah. and a little more um, confident. Yeah, but he, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I find Shia LaBeouf to be a phenomenally talented actor in the mm-hmm. right roles. Yeah. I think he's great. And as kind of a hothead young guy yeah. who could go up against the awesome guy that I have cast in the Bruce Willis character, um, I think Shia would be great. I like just I like the idea of it. I think he would play well off Adrian Palicki. Mm, right, um, be great. So uh, Roker, go ahead because we uh, use the same person. Yeah, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Uh, I thought Gosling would be great. Yeah. Just he's yeah. just at the cusp where he can still do this role. Yeah. Right, and, and I, I think he would work like one or two more years. He can't do it, but right, right now he could. Yeah, and the other thing too is that I think that he has that you're too damn good looking to be working on an oil rig. <laughs> yeah, damn it, Affleck yeah, which yeah, is yeah. what Affleck has in this Absolutely. film. Yeah, but right. when you see him in, in Remember the Titans, he has that southern accent. Yeah. He has that kind yeah. of approach. Yeah, boyish type thing. So that. Could, he could channel into that to play the Affleck character and be and think he knows better. Yeah, because that's the thing about Affleck in this movie; he always thinks he knows better. Right, and and Gosling just. Yeah, exudes that. Yeah, Affleck had like figured out a lot of things about himself as an actor. He had gotten good at certain things, mm. and then there was the moments like you mentioned that are cringy, where yeah, you're like, where you're like, where you're like, ah, you're just like not likable. You're just like, such a cock. Yeah, yeah, and it's also I think I mean you watch people develop and, and, mm. and mature as actors yeah. and he was just young yeah you know like super young yeah, 25 yeah. yeah super young totally. how, many, how many of us could carry a film at 25 a, a no. multi a blockbuster give me a movie. chance three years ago <laughs> <laughs> I hate that he was 25 when he got this movie. <laughs> anyone that's successful and younger than me I hate <laughs> All Shit, right. I want to kill Michael Pena. He has my career right now. Oh, my God. Uh, Oscar Isaacs has my career oh, right now. Oh, interesting. Nice. I like uh, that. I'm doing my career right now. <laughs> ben Bateman, ladies The only person who's happy. FTW right now. Uh, all right. Last but not least, yes. guys. I'm just going to go first because it's going to get panned. I'm going with the blood father himself. He can still be a movie star, <laughs> Mr. Mel Gibson. Wow. I, I, look, I haven't even seen Bloodfather, but just how jacked he looks in the trailer, I'm like, he could do it. Yeah. <laughs> I got to see that. I got to see that. It looks sweet, actually. It does, right? Yeah, that's great. I, I, I was on Geek and Sundry on one of the, and we, they showed the trailer. Uh, and everyone else on the on the panel was like, "Oh, it looks terrible!" And I'm like, "I'm telling you right now, this movie is going to be fantastic." <laughs> and it got like 81 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. yeah, everyone else came up to me and was like, "You were right, damn it, yeah. you were right." I'm like, Sweet, I know my Gibson, uh, and I know my Denzel Washington. Yeah. Oh, and I'm nice telling choice. you right now, at the very end when he's talking to Liv Tyler, yeah, and he's like, "I made a promise." But, but yeah. I, I, I'm gonna have to break that promise, sweetie. Like okay. if he did that, I can get a half gallon. I can, I can get, get a half, half gallon. Ga- I'll get a half gallon on the way back from the moon or from the meteor. I I was thinking of him That's giving great. that speech, and it like made me tear up even more because uh, <laughs> Willis does a good job. Yeah. I guess Willis had a picture of his daughter in front of the uh, oh, in the yeah. camera to help him cry, but like. Denzel delivering those lines gave me chills. Yeah. Because yeah. you do that look away. Yeah, the look away at the lip bite. Yeah, the lip bite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Willis did that for uh, for uh, Die Hard. When he's having that scene with Legend of El Johnson, it's uh, Demi Moore. He's talking about Demi Moore. Huh. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he said that in numerous interviews. Uh, do I go now? Yeah, yeah sure. Kevin that? Costner, man. I have You don't think Costner's Costner. too old to play it now? No. To play Bruce Willis? Yeah. No. Hell no. Willis is still kind of like young dad, roughneck guy. Well, he doesn't have to do. I mean, that's the same. Like, Denzel's like. He's going to be older and, and like chubby, but it's like yeah. he's the greatest drill yeah. master in the world. Yeah, Costner would play. I mean, I initially, I was maybe going to go with a, a, 
uh, Denzel for this as well, and yeah. I changed that at the last minute. But I like so Costner. Yeah, because I like Costner because I, if you see him in Criminal, if you see him in Three Days, if you see him, he still can play these dad parts. Yeah, and Man so, of Steel. Oh, yeah, Man of Steel, right? So which I loved good. him in that movie, and so it's like, so he can still do it. We love him in the trailer. Oh. <laughs> no, he's he, he's he, no, 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 he's no. the best. He's part the best of part of the yeah. movie. But his scenes in the trailer, the scene when he's like, "Can I keep just going on being your son? Yeah, you pretend to be your son." He's like, "You are my you son. Are my oh. son. Cry every time, every time in the trailer." Right. So, all right, guys. Before we get into the last bit here, uh, I will ask the one question. We got a ton of submissions this week for AMA Question of the Week. Yeah, Um, this has been such a long episode. Yeah, and I'll just throw it out there really quickly because it's nice and simple, but we really barely talked about it. And that's, um, is this the greatest movie-written ballad of all time? And, you know, I think because we didn't really talk about uh, Steven Tyler all that much Mm -hmm. or or the song all that much. And, you know, in, in the summer... When this movie came out, it was this and Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls were the two big ballads on the radio. They were both number yeah. one for something like 10 or 12 weeks. I think this just barely beat it by being on like a week longer mm-hmm. at number one. But, I mean, this is like the classic slow dance it's song. It's a great song. Yeah. It's a really good fucking song. And it crescendo. It's Diane Warren wrote song. this. Yeah. Diane Warren wrote yeah. this song. Yeah. And it crescendos yeah. to where it's been. Diane is just amazing at writing these kinds of ballads. My, I would say Kiss from a Rose is better. Ooh, That's forever. my joy. Yeah. Kiss, yeah. Kiss from a Rose is just that much better than this. They're two because, of my five karaoke songs. Yeah. So <laughs> I've got to come see that. Because um, I will skip over this sometimes if I'm flipping channels. Yeah. I'll never skip over Kiss from a Rose. Yes. That's interesting because I'm the exact opposite. You go Kiss from a Rose. I, I would not listen to Kiss from a Rose over this song. <laughs> I would listen to this over Kiss from a Rose. I don't know why. I think it's because I watched Batman Forever so yeah. many times ah. as a kid that I just got tired of it. I will say... That's fair. Uh, I would put... This ahead of Kiss from a Rose. Oh, God, it's okay. fucking close. I love Kiss from a Rose. Yeah. But the greatest of all time is I Will Always Love You from The Bodyguard. It's just... Oh, uh, that's a good one. That's a remake. That's it true. wasn't made for the movie. Oh, it's not written for the yeah, movie? Dolly Parton did that first. That's a remake oh. of a Dolly Parton song, ben. I take it back, then. I'm ignorant. <laughs> what about Brian Knight, McKnight and the Three Musketeers? Oh, oh my god. Uh, no, or what about... Oh, Brian Adams! Brian Adams in, in, uh, oh. in uh, Robin Hood, yeah. right? No, right. no, it's, no, yeah, it's Robin, Robin Hood. Prince of Thieves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Everything I do! <laughs> yeah, I think that's gotta be yeah. number one. All right, that's, that's a, gotta be number one. I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. It's not even from movies. It's just a good song. It's a great song. Like, It's just a good song. Uh, all right, guys. That's gonna wrap up that question. I wish I had in front of me the actual user that submitted that question. I know, I feel oh, bad as well. My phone's uh, so dead because yeah, my phone is on airplane. But uh, the, to the user that submitted it, uh, I will I will tag <laughs> Thank you, you, user. I will tag you in the comments and I will tweet at you to let you know that we used the question. Um, just because you know, we got a yeah. lot of submissions this week uh, and it was like a ninety minute episode. So uh, the last thing is this is an interesting one this week. There are three action movie categories. There are totally ridiculous, Ooh. totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. We explain them every week. Ridiculous is like Con Air and Face Off. They kind of unintentionally laugh their way to the bank, um, though they're awesome. Totally legitimate is like Terminator 2, The Fugitive Lone Survivor. Yeah. They're really well put together. They hold together. They never really make you laugh. And then totally uh, ridiculously legitimate is the middle category, and that's like Point Break, Speed, The Rock. The Rock. And they're the best movies. They're driven by really strong ideas, great performances, but you do laugh unintentionally in Predator and movies like that. Yeah. They just mm-hmm. they have those moments where they lose you, but they're in often the favorites. Mm-hmm. And this is a really hard one. It really is. I'm so curious to see what you have to say. It's ridiculously legitimate. It's oh, the no, there's right. no argument. Yeah. I, I mean, in my opinion, there's no argument because they they're roughnecks going up to do astronaut shit. That's yeah. ridiculous, but it's legitimate because of Billy Bob Thornton and NASA. All those scenes, exactly. Jason Isaacs, all those scenes give you that feeling that it's legitimate. And so, to me, that balances it out. 
I am going to go off the deep end. This is totally ridiculous. <laughs> in the <laughs> best possible way. Totally ridiculous. Con Air, Face Off, some of my favorite movies yeah, ever made. Yeah. I mean, I adore this movie. This movie represents the 90s action to me. Yeah. That's what this is. But I, I just... I laughed like every two minutes unintentionally yeah. at like just the awesome, hilarious, ridiculousness of the scenes. There was very few moments that I found myself like... I mean, the, the moments I did tear up would be the strongest argument to move it to the middle mm-hmm. category. And it's close. That almost gets me because I don't tear up in movies like this very often. But I still think, despite that, I would put it in the ridiculous category okay. as the flagship movie. And you know what? That, that whole... Hearing you guys talk really helped me process this. Uh, this movie is ridiculously legitimate. It 100 yes. percent is, and the reasoning is, is is you just said it, and I got there right before you did in my mind, which was that how many times do you watch a totally ridiculous movie and cry? Yeah, yeah, it almost it's never happens. That's right. Yeah, and like the relationship between Bruce and Liv, Liv and Ben, and Billy just being him, yeah. awesome in the film, yeah. makes this movie, I think, just legitimate enough to be in the middle category. Even even Will Patton and Bruce. When, yeah. he's, when, when he's sitting there, he knows that Bruce is about to die, yeah. I mean, die uh, on the spaceship. Yeah. Honestly, he gets I emotional. I don't remember that line as well as you you delivering it, mm. but that just became my favorite line of the movie when yeah. you said it. Because I, I that scene was so great. Oh, yeah. With his, yeah, with his son. Yeah, mm-hmm. with his, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a really good line. And that actress yeah. is uh, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. She's yep. April. Oh, okay. Yep. There we go. Yep. All right, guys. Well, that covers the categories. Uh, thank you for watching the show. That was a long episode. That was, was so much fun. Sorry, I'm long-winded. This was sorry. perfect. This um, is exactly what we wanted. The last thing we're going to do here is called The, the Pitch. <laughs> and uh, we don't actually have a movie to pitch you <laughs> we guys. We don't have a pitch. We thought we were going to do Patriots Day next week, and what I found when seeing Patriots Day was that I really liked the movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's not fun to laugh about anything. Nope. It's way too close to home. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a disturbing movie in a lot of ways. In all the ways that United 93 was amazing for casting unknowns largely, this movie felt almost like disingenuous for casting so many stars in the big roles. It's kind of hard to watch. Mm. Um, worth seeing. Peter Berg's a great director. Yeah, I love the genre. Kind of but just didn't have the, the popcorn Deepwater Horizon thing, and it was not... Uh, Lone Survivor, which is like one of my favorite movies. Right. It's just something about it, just kind of. So I don't think we should really do it on the show. It wouldn't feel right. I'm completely. I'm in complete agreement with you. So we're gonna post a poll this week, guys. If you follow along on Twitter, you can find our Twitter at AMA Podcast, and the poll for next week's film will be up. If you want to follow along in the conversation, tweet at us your thoughts. Let us know things we missed. I mean, we covered so much today. You can follow me personally at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, uh, you guys can find me at Andrew Guy on Instagram and Twitter as well. Oh, yeah, and find me at the Roca Says, R-O-C-H-A, on Twitter and on Instagram. And follow me, because I always interact with you guys, so please. Yeah, and one more time, dude, thank you so much for yeah. coming back. Oh, we my God. We were so excited to have you. Listen, this has been one of the greatest hour and a halves of my life. Yes. So to, to spend it with you guys and being able to talk about this movie, I mean, I could go another hour and a half about this movie. It's yeah. just so much. I have so much love for it. So thank you so much for giving me the platform to talk about it with you guys. Yeah, I appreciate course, it. Totally, man. Guys, thanks for watching. We will see you same time. Actually, it'll be earlier next week, but we'll see you at the normal time of 1230 next week. Take care. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.